Hello. Welcome. Yes, it's that time. It's time for episode 31 of Realm and Ruin, that Warhammer podcast that you're about to listen to. A podcast that is so Warhammer that we need rebasing from square to round bases. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy who defies belief, but also the warp, it's Cameron. How you doing, mate? I'm doing pretty well. Rolled an 11 on my Deny the Witch test, so you know. Feeling good about Solid. not getting smitten. Smitten? <laughs> smoted? <laughs> smite? Smite? I'm, I'm never sure of the the tensing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're smitten with smites. <laughs> uh, that sounds about right, actually. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, here we are once again. It's just the two mm. of us after, obviously, yeah. last episode we had the excellent Stephen Rose joining us. And obviously, if you've not checked mm. out that episode, what are you doing? Go check it out. <laughs> it was a good laugh. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're now on to episode 31. And what are we going to be doing? Uh, we're going to be talking about our hobby stuff, what we've been up to lately. Um, then mm-hmm. we're going to go have a nice little cheeky news section. Uh, not a massive amount, but you know, we'll cover what's out there at the moment and then Mm. for the main law topic time uh we're going to do something a little bit different we're going to cover a few aos short stories but what we've done is we've basically read two each you know not read the same thing so we'll you know it'll be almost like a uh, show and tell but a read and tell (laughs) (laughs) and uh, then for the discussion topic at the end we are going to basically talk about 40k vehicles and all the many 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 responses that (laughs) especially the world of twitter has given us (laughs) it has been an interesting week and a half or so of just being bombarded with notifications (laughs) (laughs) so yeah plenty plenty to read out at the end but we'll do that a bit later um and if you enjoy this episode uh, do us a favor and go onto that itunes and give us a five star review um we'll be your best friends you know if you do <laughs> honest yeah yeah <laughs> um, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and all our social media sort of stuff um and our discord server and how you can support us that'll be all down in the notes as always and uh, talking of our wonderful discord server let's answer a question that the discord people have given us and i said if you join our Mm -hmm. discord you can do the same you can come along and ask us a question and we'll basically answer it or talk about it on the show like we're about to do right now um basically this sort of question is i basically sort of combined it because we've sort of had two similar type questions from two different people so one so this is basically from uh, alan and from halden 44 striker um and basically they sort of want our thoughts on if they did a warhammer or Warhammer 40k film or such like um you know basically what our thoughts would be who we you know what we'd like it to be about who would play who and that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, mm. this is a bit of a minefield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, a little bit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Cameron, like, would you? Okay, let's let's break it down. Would you mm. rather yeah. see an AOS film or a forty k film? I would rather see a forty k film because I think there is more to draw on there. Like, Age of Sigmar is still in its very formative stage, and although it's got lots of cool, unique stuff about it, uh, it seems more generic at first glance. I guess I'd say. Uh, like, you know, there's orcs and there's bad people and there's good people and shiny armor. And it, I feel like it could end up being a little like the Warcraft movie, which was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but was not 
especially well received. I mean, I liked it myself, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think there's so much you can do with 40k. Like the scope is big enough that you can start out with something a little more relatable. Like you know, you could do a Band of Brothers style thing with an Imperial Guard platoon. You could do a horror movie with mm-hmm. uh, some random demon or a gene stealer or something. But whether you want to go the Exorcist or Alien in your style with horror. Uh, you could do a comedy and just follow a band of orcs on their quest to uh, build a build a proper uh, rig for their car. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's the world's your oyster uh, as it is. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, yeah, I I I think yeah, I think forty k is uh, I don't know I I think a bit more iconic in the Games Workshop mm. universes. Um, yeah. That's no no offense to AOS or previously wow <laughs> fantasy it's just like you said it's it has a lot of similarities to a lot of other ips and things like that mm. and, and, and like you said i thought of warcraft amid, you know because obviously i mean i'm yeah. an ex wow player and and <laughs> you know i watched that movie and it, it, i don't think it's actually a bad film to be fair i think no, it's no. it's pretty you know for what it is it could have been a lot worse i mean mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's a compliment and a half and it? it could have been mm. worse uh and i think with 40k they could like you said they could do so much with it i think what i would like to see and i not that i think it would ever happen mm. is i think that if they ever did a movie about 40k i would like them to do it for 40k fans and mm. hope then in the end it for generic film lovers that aren't into warhammer just enjoy it anyway because i think the problem is ones that are based around like video games or or things like that that uh, Mm. they end up being sort of to cater to the masses and i know i suppose that has to be a big factor in things because ultimately it may not be successful it's got to make money blah 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 it's Mm. just that like Mm. if you use like transformers for example um i i mean i was a massive transformers fan as a kid i still am um i thought i the films to me are awful in general the you know the michael bay movies because yes. they're to cater yeah. for generic people not transformer mm. fans i know they've got the odd little nod in there and it, you know but it's just it, it, a bit cringy at times whereas yeah for me similar to what we've seen with, you know with some of these animated things that are being done i would like it like that where it goes no this is for 40k fans and if you want to watch it and you're going to like it then happy days you know that sort yeah. of sort yeah. of thing really like, I feel I've been saying this for, like, several months now, but give the guy doing a Astartes $10 million in a production studio <laughs> yeah. and just let him make a full-length film. Because I've seen a lot of people watch that, that short series who know nothing about 40K, but the action and drama in it is enough to draw them in and get them interested. Mm-hmm. And, if yeah, if you just make a good film... <laughs> Uh, that is more centered on being cool and uh, on pleasing the fans because we want cool, awesome stuff that spans a wide variety of things. Honestly, um, <laughs> but if you if you if you make something that will make a fan of the series happy and it is of a good quality, hopefully that is enough for someone who doesn't know much about the setting or the series to get into it. Like y- you know, you don't you don't want to just go. Uh, it is uh, it is um, Saving Private Ryanus. Uh, <laughs> the ultramarines private uh who is stuck out there uh with the checks checks palm uh with the orcs uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't make it super bland give it a good interesting story and good solid action and people will watch it because that's all people really want like mm. 
I mean, say what you like about the Michael Bay Transformer films. They had cool action scenes and really yeah. good special effects, and people loved them for that, even if they mm-hmm. weren't, as you say, particularly uh, fan-friendly. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. I'm, I'm not taking I'm, like you said. I'm not taking away the the action side of those things because, like you said, they're mm. they're fantastically done. It's just and to be fair, I, in a way, I wish I wasn't a Transformers fan because I could probably yeah. enjoy them a lot more because I would take them mm. on face value and just think, oh, this is a good <laughs> action film and or collection of films, mm. and that's mm. it. But there's that you know Transformers nerd inside me that's like no 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 and it's that's the and that's the fear i'd have with a you know with a 40k film yeah i would just like them i would like you i'd like them to have it to be quite quite a concise story where it's not like let's show everything let's show you know oh look the necrons have turned up as well for no apparent reason Mm. like don't Mm. just put stuff in for the sake of it just make it similar to a novel or some of the novels you know that are out in the black library just keep them quite concise it's one theme you know yes Mm. put space marines Mm. in because let's be honest that they would have to sort of be there because they're obviously the main sort of faction of 40k and people would recognize that but you know have them dealing with you know, something that you wouldn't expect to have a, you know, you could to have them against the Tyranids, turn it into a, like a horror slash alien type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, but with obviously with 40 K twists or have them, I know, searching for some random Eldar artifact and they obviously, yes. you know, come across the Eldar yes. in some sort of capacity and that, but then there's still a main mm. antagonist, you know, which obviously yeah, could be yeah. something chaotic, uh, now, you know, that sort of stuff. Going, going off Eldar. Cause I was actually. <laughs> It's really funny that this comes up because I was at the store earlier today and we actually discussed who we'd cast in various roles in 40k. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so hear me out here. Uh, Hugo Weaving, you know, mm-hmm. the famous Agent Smith, Elrond, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Eldred Ulthran? Yep. Yeah, mm. I could see that. Yep. Uh, Bill Nye is Malkador. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few others. God, what do we have? We had, um, uh, who did we put it? We had uh, Russell Crowe as Color Sergeant Krell, uh, just for throwing the Vox at people, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a good half hour of just bouncing, bouncing names and actors off various roles till we found ones that stuck. But <laughs> I think I, I'm off the back of that. I think the ones I would struggle with are the are the ones that would play the the main Marines. You know, when you're sort of thinking mm. of all the all the guys that you know that could play yeah, you know, the main yeah. roles, and you think, well. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't see like Dwayne Johnson in it, to be honest. I don't, and that's no, because I, I, I love him as an oh, actor. I think he's great. Yeah. But I'm thinking, would he be, a, I mean, he's got the physique for it, but would yeah. he, I mean, he could, you know, he could probably do it. I, I wouldn't dislike Carl Urban. Um, I'm, I'm probably mm. thinking of Doom at the moment because yeah. obviously they're in the same well, film. But, yes. Um, <laughs> but Carl oh, Urban would be name? right. Um, the, the guy who does the mountain in Game of Thrones, just so they didn't have to, like, CGI his legs in any scenes <laughs> yeah. where he's out of armor. Yeah. You know, that guy. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, you know, r- run it as, like, the Marines are a Death Watch group, so they're from a variety of chapters, so they can all look different, because mm. for some reason being a Marine means you also end up looking like a Primarch. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I, it's funny you say that, because mm. I was going to suggest Death Watch, actually. That would be perfect, yeah. because also you could have them as they are, like, the, the spec ops of the, uh, of the Marine world, but like you said, you can have mm. all the different factions. You, you could then put in the Xenos races, obviously, you know, whether you could throw mm. in some orcs, some Tyranids, whatever. Uh, yeah, that could work in yeah. some sort of capacity. Yeah. And mm. it would be helpful because I think if it was like a tactical squad or something, you'd be like, okay, they put the helmets on. 
which one's which. But <laughs> yeah. um, in <laughs> Death like Watch, the they pads. put yeah, yeah. In <laughs> Death Watch, they put the helmets on. You can look at the shoulder pads. You know, the Dark Angel's the one with the sword and shield. The Space Wolf's the one with the big F and hammer. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, Salamander's yeah. the one with the heavy flamer. Like you know, you know which one's which, even if they're like uh, wearing helmets because they have very specialized gear and roles. Yeah, well, I, 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 you could, I would you could love base a Death it off. Movie. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could build it off the the Kill Team Cassius guys. Mm. Yeah, because they, be awesome. you know, that's a that's a legit, you know, mm. <laughs> legit kill team. They've got their own novel, so you could sort yeah, of base yeah. him off off those characters because they've got Ooh. like a dark angel, a space wolf, mm. imperial mm. fist, etc. So, yeah, Hear that could work. Here. Hear me out here. Dystopian okay. love love story. It's a romance comedy. Uh, it goes. It lasts for ninety eight minutes, and at the ninety first <laughs> minute, the Death Watch kill team busts down the door and starts mowing down all the Gene Steeler cultists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, boy meets girl meets uh, alien implantation uh, horror thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, have, have, have it as a legitimate, yeah, have it as a legitimate like romance comedy, and then just at, at the end they all get purged because it's forty k, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fine, this is finally the way. Maybe I can see. Adam Sandler getting gunned down because I'm thinking that like recently there's there's a, there's a film on Netflix involving Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler mm. and like like it, we're, me and my wife are a bit torn on it. I'm oh, sorry, I'm going off on mm. a bit of a tangent here, but no, no, go it, for it. basically go for it. Uh, Jennifer we love we love Jennifer Aniston and the things that she's in, but we can't stand Adam Sandler, so it's like mm. like we're really conflicted. Like we re- half of us wants to watch it and then half of us doesn't, and it's like yeah. Whereas if you said that to me, go at the end of this film, Adam Sandler gets gunned down by. Death Watch Kill Team. <laughs> It'd be, suddenly become my favourite movie. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> you know, you know, it's the last scene. They're getting married. He pulls the third arm out from under the tuxedo, and a bolt gun round just takes him in the head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, amazing! Or you can, or you could have like something like Top Gun, but they're sort of they're oh. in like Corvus Black Black Stars yes. and things like that. Oh my God. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, that's, this is going to be our whole episode. We're going to... Mm. Yeah, no, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. Uh, we, <laughs> we, no. can, we can do pitches to Games Workshop later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah we'll, we'll do a spreadsheet of ideas and send it to them. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much, uh, Alan and Halden, for your question or amalgamation that we've done here. That's mm. a very interesting topic. <laughs> ah, right, so let's move on to our hobby stuff. So when we're not talking about <laughs> film ideas for 40k, <laughs> what have you been up to lately, Cameron? Uh, I have mostly, uh, quote, mostly been experimenting with contrast paints, uh, which, hey, they've been a ton of fun. Uh, so I've done various bits and pieces. I've painted a few plague bearers, uh, just, you know, seeing how they'd match up with my already done ones. And I was very angry to find out that a uh, one shade of Militarum Green kind of does the equivalent of a five-step process I had going before for painting plate covers. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun because I can blend more easily with them. I can mix in some more colors to really help uh, the boxwalkers pop a little. Um, I painted a full plague toad and started painting another plague toad. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, those models really, they're, they're nothing but skin texture, like really, really heavily textured boils and bubos and stuff. So the contrast works like a dream on them. Uh, I also have a petition, uh, that I feel I should have the entire Games Workshop Australian community behind, which is just for us, just for Australia. 
renamed snakebite leather to cane toad leather uh, <laughs> because it is it is literally a perfect match for those little bastards um <laughs> but it is, it's just I, I was like yeah i'll try it out on this other uh plague toad i have i put it on i was like oh god it's an actual cane toad now it looks exactly the same um <laughs> what do they so actually do please. then um the, you mean cane toads yeah yeah uh so a long time ago, uh, Australia's sugarcane industry was struggling due to sugarcane beetles, uh, which, you know, they climb up the stems of the sugarcane and eat it from the top down. And so the Australian government went, all right, we know how to solve this. We'll go to South America. We'll get a bunch of cane toads. They'll eat the cane beetles and the problem will be solved. Now, a cane toad is an ugly little bastard that weighs about a kilogram and can't climb for jack shit, especially up a piece <laughs> of cane. Uh, so all these cane toads were dumped off in the sugar cane fields, immediately turned around and started just walking across the entire continent. Uh, and they have become a plague, uh, mostly because they are highly poisonous uh, and <laughs> not re- really nothing can eat them except for crows that have learned to flip them over and eat their bellies, which aren't poisonous. And one very rare highly endangered species of swamp snake that no one's seen in about five years. It's known that that species of snake, for some reason, can eat cane toads and not die. Everything else licks it, it's dead. Um, <laughs> so they, they kind of just, they started on the East Coast, they've been slowly over the decades advancing across the country. Uh, they haven't really made it to WA yet, of which I'm glad, uh, but... They are what I would call universally reviled, uh, to the point that a rite of passage for young Queenslanders was a toad bash. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing else you could do. There were so many of the bloody things uh, during the breeding season. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're, they're not nice. Uh, they're very nurgly. Uh, and yeah, they, they are that exact snake bite leather color. Uh, so if you see a toad that color in Australia, don't touch it. It's poisonous. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mean, get your pot of uh, snake bite leather right to compare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Compare. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't touching this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's good advice in general. Don't touch the wildlife here, but you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, uh, I have been experimenting with the sprays for Death Guard as well. I've started painting up a couple of my melee marines, one with the Grey Seer undercoat, another with the Wraithbone undercoat. Uh, at mm-hmm. the moment, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with the Wraithbone undercoat. It's that much warmer and a lot brighter than the Grey Seer, yep. which is, at the end of the day, very grey. Uh, but it's, it's fun and it's, and interesting. And I might experiment with doing like half and half. So maybe parts sprayed Wraith Bone, other parts sprayed Grey Seer to try and give it a more mottled look. Uh, what else I've been doing? I finished building, uh, that Sigmarite mausoleum box I got. And good God, oh, yeah. that's a lot of terrain. Um, <laughs> it is just, it, it is ridiculous how much is in there. Uh, but interestingly enough once built it can all be fitted back into the box which i think is very impressive uh so next step is to undercoat and paint all of that one day eventually um (laughs) i'm just gonna spray it black and give it a heavy green gray dry brush honestly um pick out some details (laughs) it won't be it won't be beautiful but it will be functional uh what else have i done yeah 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 Uh, i picked up the bone desert and Heart of Winter, the last two books in the novella series. That Lovely. Uh, really looking forward to reading those. Haven't had time because I've been reading for the show, uh, but I, I want to see what Gotrek's up to. I want to learn more about uh, the the elf uh, the elf reaver captain from uh, Callus and Toll because mm-hmm. I like her. She sounds cool. Um, 
I yes. also picked up uh, <laughs> the Sister Superior on Warhammer Day. I went in on Warhammer Day, had a lovely time. Uh, picked up the Sister Superior. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous model. Honestly, she is. Um, she is. I would call, I would call her quite tall. She's about the si- about the height of a tactical marine, even not including like a scenic base. But she's very slim and slender, so she looks like correctly humanly proportioned, especially next to a Primaris marine. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I I. Like we were discussing this again earlier today. Um, he, some people are like, well, I can't run her as a normal sister superior, which is like a squad sergeant, because she stands out too much. And like, just use her as a bare bones cannoness, cannoness with a bolt gun. She's there yeah. for the reroll ones to hit. That's all you need her for. And she looks lovely. Um, in particular, I saw someone on, I think it was on Reddit, did a kit bash where the only thing they did was stuck an iron halo on the top of her backpack. And the way it frames her head is so perfect. I think I might have to source one of those and do that myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought the the much maligned Funko Pop. Paint it yourself. Uh, I will paint it. We will do a competition to give it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like promised last episode. Yep. yep, yep. Which will be good. And then today I ordered in the old Vlad von Karstein on foot model. Uh, you know, he's got the sword out in one hand. He's got the cloak flowing in the other direction, mm. holding his ring finger up and everything. Uh, because I'm running Curse of Strahd for D&D and I need an appropriate vampire model. And he is the best. Uh, <laughs> although I was also sorely tempted by, uh, I forget his name. I think it's his son. The one holding the two swords over his head and drinking the, uh, the blood off them. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought, actually, I thought that was Vlad, but no, I'm getting apparently the wrong. Apparently that's not Vlad. Apparently that's oh, not. okay. <laughs> I'm getting uh, the wrong I'm way around. getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And I also picked up uh, a couple of books. Uh, both you and I felt somewhat remiss in our uh, avoidance of a particular series within the 40k <laughs> law. Uh, so yeah. I picked up the first omnibus of the Gaunt's Ghost series. Hey, everyone, Three. I'm diving in. Uh, this is going to take a long time, I feel, because the first omnibus is the smallest one, and it's still absolutely massive. Um, <laughs> there's like two or three more omnibuses, plus some separate books that haven't been folded into a big collection yet, so it'll take a mm-hmm. while, but I'll work through the series. Um, it's by Dan Abner, obviously, it's Gone's Ghost, everyone knows that. Uh, really, really looking forward to that, because I've heard nothing but amazing things. Uh, and I also picked up Drakenfells by Kim Newman. Ooh. Uh, which is about Genevieve the Vampire. If uh, my sources are correct, uh, the blurb doesn't mention Genevieve anywhere, so I'm interesting. interesting it is about uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's a bit of old world horror, uh, and it's been a while since I read any old fantasy world stuff, and I really, really loved all that. Like I loved the old Godric and Felix. I loved Brunner the Bounty Hunter. All that. Those were really great. So I'm actually really looking forward to diving back into that. Uh, I think the plot of this is uh, Detlex Seerf, the playwright, is doing a play in Drakenfell's castle about about the death of the necromancer Drakenfells who used to own the castle, obviously. And then something goes, ooh, mis- murder mystery, <laughs> mysterious horror. Uh, it's also just just on pure visuals. This is a beautiful book. I'm going to lean yeah. over and pick it up. Uh, it's got that sort of black and white cover. There's Morslieb. Uh the full moon with the big scary face on it because the old world was rad like that. It's just a big dark castle. It's got like red drapes on it and then the sides of the pages are sort of this deep crimson and it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'm assuming I will enjoy it Uh, and then (laughs) if I do so, I will pick up all the others because, man, these books are just pretty to look at and I love me 
uh, some good vampire uh, <laughs> fiction and, and some pretty books. <laughs> and some pretty books. I love some pretty books. Uh, that's 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 more or less what I've done. Uh, oh, I don't think I've talked about this on the show yet, but I did paint up an Alpha Legion kill team member. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that I'm doing with the Space Marine Heroes. Uh, contrast is great. It's really really good. Uh, did it over a metallic base coat for this, and then like put lighter greens on the high points and that kind of thing and blended it in and I really like him he's maybe a bit more green than I was going for I wanted him to be a little more of the deep blue but I can experiment with that on the other ones mm-hmm. um, and it's just going to be a kill team for now I'll probably pick up some reavers and stuff although I'm tempted to get the forge world upgrade kit for some cool heads and some cool <laughs> uh, double bolter things that can be run as combi bolters for veterans or whatever but we'll see we'll see <laughs> Alpha Legion are meant to be tall, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, I will keep people updated as that goes. Uh, mm. Yeah, main takeaways: contrast is really good, guys. <laughs> Have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> that all sounds very cool. It's a nice mm-hmm. little mix of things you've been up to. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, what have I been up to? Um, well, hobby-wise, I've been sort of more planning than sort of building Mm. recently i've obviously last episode i mentioned that my a thousand points of blazer corn has been built so um my plan is obviously shortly to contrast the hell out of them um i've not got around to doing that (laughs) purely because a i've been uh, infected with the gallipox um Mm. for a while last week and to be honest the weather here in the uk has been very up and down like not going out and spraying mm. with rattle can type nah. weather. So hopefully it's going to be a bit more settled soon so I can get on and actually get around to painting them. <laughs> so, um, right. What have I been buying? Um, so got general's handbook. Um, mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. read that this weekend, uh, just to catch up with things. Um, like you, I got the sister superior. Um, I ended up yes. having to get it from games workshop directly. Um, oh. because I was ill, so I couldn't go into a local yeah. store. And a few of the other indie stores like, like Alchemist were unfortunately, well, they just were sold out of it. So I just yeah, luckily yeah. managed to get it. Um, I'm just going to park her for a while. Uh, I, cause it, she, I got her really because I think it, look, that's, mm. I'm not going to kid myself. I'm going to jump on the sisters of battle bandwagon <laughs> when they come out and mm. I'm going to be gutted if I don't have her. So I yeah. bought her. She's gone away. <laughs> she's in, she's in like, storage now. <laughs> she's, it's I put her on ice. Best. Yeah, 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 until yeah. she is. Until, she's a fiddly little thing. You gotta be yeah, careful she with those arms. Though. Huh? Oh, she's beautiful. Um, <laughs> what else have I got? Um, off eBay, oh, I've managed to finally get a Chaos Steed because my plan is with the Chaos Sorcerer that comes with the Manticore that I built recently. Um, mm. I wanted the Sorcerer to be on a Steed, just obviously mm. to maximize the units that I get with this, basically. Yeah. So, um, and it was one of those where. Everywhere I looked on eBay, it's always in pairs. I'm like, no, I don't need two steeds. I don't. <laughs> I just need one. And then luckily, I found one at like basically half the price of the twos. Just someone was obviously mm. just randomly selling one. So yeah, I'm going to build that tomorrow. Going to get my uh, chaos sorcerer on that steed, and then I've got another unit. Happy days. Excellent. Um, so the main thing that I'm going to be working on soon is Death Watch. I mm. I think that because. I, I've really enjoyed doing my Blades Corn recently and building them. And obviously, you know, people that have listened to the show for a while know how frustrated I get with building. And, and luckily I've now got in a very good spot where it's, you know, hence I've actually built a whole army in recent, you know, in the recent months. Yeah. So I'm actually getting there. So 
I found I'm really, it sort of unlocked my, I don't know, creative juices, um, mm. so to speak. With, and I really just fancy <laughs> doing some Death Watch. So um, with a bit of, you know, a bit of wheeling and dealing, uh, I've got myself a start collecting box. Uh, I've got myself another kill team. Um, I've got a Watchmaster as well. So basically what my, I'm planning on doing is, and hopefully tomorrow I'm going to start on this, and that basically my plan is I'm going to start with the HQ units. So I've got the, the default Watchmaster. Um, I'm going yep. to pretty much leave him as he is. He's a lovely model. I'm just going to head swap because he's got, I can see his face. I don't want to mm. see his face because <laughs> I don't like seeing Marine faces. So I'm mm. going to give him a death, uh, you know, a new death watch helmet so he'll be standard right so next i'm then going to build two death watch smash captains i'm going to base one on a death company marine so he's going to be, mm-hmm. he's basically they're both going to be basically kit bashes so yeah one's going to be death company because i've still got a whole death company sprue just lying around so they come with mm. a jump pack so i'll grab the thunder hammer and the storm shield from the vanguard veterans box that i've got around and yeah, he's going to be like basically fifty-fifty Death Watch and Death Company. Mm. He's he's going to look <laughs> awesome. The other jump captain is going to be based on Mark Three armor. Okay, Ooh. so so yeah. what I'm going to do? He's going to he's going to have the legs, the torso, the head of Mark Three. He'll add obviously the art, the the Thunder Hammer and Storm Shield again from the Vanguard Veterans with obviously the newer type jump pack. I've already planned. This is what I'm hoping it will look really good. Is that if you look at the uh, Mark three armor. The chest plate is very bare. There's sort of it's mm. basically just you know just smooth and nothing on it. I'm going to grab the Inquisitor little symbol from the Death Watch upgrade sprue. I'm going to pop that in his chest, so he'll look a bit more Death Watch. Yeah, uh, obviously he'll have the Death Watch shoulder pads. Blah blah blah. So two Smash <laughs> Captains, and then the last That's HQ unit unit I'm going to do is I'm going to do a Librarian with a jump pack now. What I've done is I've managed to get hold of the Dark Angels Librarian from Dark Vengeance box set, which is mm-hmm. that seventh edition, the last edition. Uh, it I, I think it was, I think it was Pretty sixth sick. and seventh. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that they did box it twice, was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, I've got the the Dark Angels Librarian. He's basically the one with the hood, obviously, and he's mm-hmm. got a power sword in his one arm, and he's got a he's just holding his hand out, obviously, uh, smiting someone. So. Um, big shout out to on Twitter at Gobaga Ulfhednar. Apologies if I've pronounced that wrong. <laughs> um, but they sent me in for nothing, which I'm mm. very, very grateful because I just was really struggling to find a find this librarian, and he, you know, they were good enough to send me a uh, mm. this librarian, which is very, very good of them to do so. Thank you very much. And so basically, my plan is. With this, uh, with this librarian, I'm going to, uh, cut, cut his hand off. I'm going to put a storm bolter on there. I've got a dark angel storm bolter. So I'm going to put that on there on that hand that's outside, out there. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut his other hand off. This sounds really grim. I'm going to cut his <laughs> other hand off on the, um, the four sword that's in the other arm. Cause basically I need to put the death watch. Uh, shoulder pad on there. So what I'm going to do mm. is probably cut the, cut it off at the wrist, get another arm basically put the death yeah. watch uh, shoulder pad on and then reattach the wrist, but I won't uh, use the same arm. I'll use a different arm yeah. to make it a bit more yeah. dynamic. Um, and then I'll, I'll pop a, a jump pack on him basically. 
So awesome. that'll be my HQ yeah. units. Um, I'm then going to eventually get around to doing the actual veteran squads, which are, are going to be pretty meta. I'm going to put them with a lot of storm bolters and storm shields. I've got a load nice. of the Cromlech ones. That's a, a third party mm-hmm. make. If you're not familiar with it, um, they do t- uh, what they called uh, twin thunder guns. <laughs> if you want storm bolters, basically um, legally distinct. <laughs> yes, those twin thunder. So bolters are thunder guns, and this is a twin yeah. thunder gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sort of makes sense. So uh, so I've uh, I bought a couple of packets of those, and I bought a couple of their sort of their version of the storm shields. So uh, I'm going to kit them out with storm bolters, storm shields, throw in a few frag cannons because. They're just baller, really. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then basically the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Venerable Dreadnought from the Start Collecting box, um, and I want it with a missile launcher on the left arm. Again, yep. another shout-out to Smithy107 on Twitter because he has sent me the arm for nothing, which, again, very grateful Aww. to doing so i'm finding twitter is very good at sort of good, yeah. good way of sourcing the parts you need because people have stuff mm. lying around and again thank you very much for doing that so uh yeah so basically it'll be twin last cannon and a missile launcher and then the other little bit of inspiration i had which i sort of shared on twitter and discord is regarding a mortis contempt to dreadnought now i remembered i've got the betrayal at health box set which comes with the monopose contempt to dreadnought um mm. and um, the only sort of slight downside to it is you're pretty limited with the loadouts. So what I'm thinking is grab that one, cut off the arms at the elbows, um, and then put some twin last cans on both, which basically turn it into a mortis contender, yes. which is really cool. Yeah. Now the I'm sort of in two minds really because I could go to the Forge World and buy the two last cannon mm. arms. They're about ten quid each. You know, it's not cheap, so that's twenty quid just in arms. So and it's mm. obviously you know, getting it from Forge World. So what I'm thinking is, and I'm pretty sure, is that I'll grab uh, for off eBay, because there seem to be a few around, is grab the mm. twin last cannon from a Predator and then sort of do some a bit of jiggy pokery and <laughs> basically <laughs> use that as the uh, last cannon. So I'm sort of in two minds at that, but that's my yeah. plan anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... So that's the plan. I've got quite a nice look i'm really this is actually i'm very very excited to start this you know i'm actually uh, rather than that sort of like oh yeah i'm gonna do this i'm actually really really excited (laughs) like i can't wait for tomorrow like today Mm. is recording and spending time (laughs) with the family tomorrow i'm gonna lock myself away go don't talk to me i'm building death watch because i'm gonna start on my hq units oh that's awesome (laughs) yeah i'm really looking forward Mm. to it and hopefully hopefully the results reflect what is in my head so to speak. So, yeah, but we'll see. Um, and then my plan- try, try yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, luckily I've got quite a few bits to sort of play with. So if yeah. anything goes wrong, I've got backups. Uh, and then my plan is to basically have a, a 1000 point build of some sort, mm. you know, or at least a, a something I can make a thousand points out of. So then I basically got a thousand points of blades of corn, thousand points of death watch. So yeah. I've got both games covered. <laughs> um, and the last bit of sort of things I'm buying, uh, which I should be getting this morning. Have you seen my radiator cover? <laughs> that is- yes. Yes, I have. That looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the story behind this is that I'm in between moving houses at the moment and we were decorating my daughter's room, obviously, and she is getting a basically a custom-made Disney Castle radiator cover, 
to put over the radiator Mm. and i mean obviously this is all my wife's idea i was just like yeah do what (laughs) do what you want um so it's it's like a local like a local little business on Mm. facebook that uh, that do this and then uh, you know show me the results like wow that looks that looks fantastic and i'm like wait a minute i haven't painted the radiator in my new office slash recording room um i think I'm interested in getting a radiator cover done. And so basically I gave the picture of the Imperial Aquila to my wife to then pass on to this company. And yeah, they have done a radiator cover with the Aquila on it. And it (laughs) looks absolutely amazing. It just looks as good as it sounds. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I haven't seen it in the flesh yet. I've only just seen the sort of the photo of like, look, we built it. This is what's coming. And it should be arriving as we record in the next 10, 15 minutes, actually. So um, maybe, hopefully I can put it in in during the break. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've got a, I'm going to have a 40K radiator cover because that's when you know that, you're really into this mm. hobby when you get yeah, stuff yeah. like that done. <laughs> <laughs> Stop putting up imperial iconography over the house. Exactly. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's just a portrait of St. Markovia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and the last bit of hobby stuff is, um, I haven't done that much reading actually just because of stuff, um, but I have... As of yesterday, finished the new Space Marine Conquests Apocalypse novel. So mm-hmm. this is obviously the same ones like uh, Devastation of Bal, Ashes of Prospero. This is the latest one that's come out. Um, it's by obviously one of our favourite authors, Josh Reynolds. Um, it's it's very good. It's a very good. I suppose it's an, a Space Marine romp, but it's yeah. done in a very good way. You basically, in a nutshell, without really spoiling anything, you've got. Um, Raven Guard, Imperial Fist, and White Scars teaming up. Combination of of um, Promaris and old school Marines. Um, basically, they're defending a world against a fleet of world world bearers. World bearers, word bearers. Yeah, that's, an, that's another <laughs> faction. Um, word bearers, um, and it's the characters in the word bearers are just a wor- it's worth it just to read it from that perspective, really, because mm. they're fantastic mm. characters. Uh, you've got Sisters of Battle. You've got gangers it's yeah just really really good to be honest um awesome the one thing i would say is that because i like with most novels i always read like when i finished it i read what other people have thought or you know the actual mm. uh authors like interviews and things like that. and from what i was reading um from josh's perspective as the author is i eat if you read any of the interviews or comments about it, he's not in the greatest frame of mind about it. I think from what mm. I can tell, if you read between the lines and almost some of the things he's answered, I have a feeling he had a load of ideas for this book and they were all shot down. Well, he actually sort of says uh. that the ideas were shot down. And then in turn, this is what he's ended up doing and sort of doing it a bit on the fly. And, you, and mm. I can imagine he's probably a bit, he, when he was doing this, he was a bit frustrated. Uh, the good thing is that doesn't show. Um, you mm. know, it's still a, a fantastic novel, but you can tell there wasn't it wasn't as rosy behind the scenes when this was being done and i think that sort of reflects from games workshop because it sort of this novel came out of nowhere really with a lot of the other ones they really pushed them whereas this apocalypse novel sort of just just came out of nowhere and i think he wrote it in like four weeks and it's like 500 pages you know he absolutely smashed this out and uh, and now he's not really from what again if you read his sort of website he's not doing any black library stuff for a while 
So I don't mm. know. I don't know if this has sort of potentially burnt him out. Maybe I don't know. Oh, um, I what I, I, I nor, nor do I, because obviously, like I said, he's one of our favourite authors. Um, I did actually. I did it last night on our Twitter. I actually messaged him. <laughs> actually, I said, "Look, mm. I, I've just finished this book. I know, you know, without really saying anything, I know you've sort of. There's been a bit. There's obviously a bit of frustration behind this novel with the sort of editors and all that sort of stuff. But you know, you know what." It's, you've still smashed it out of the park. It's a fantastic novel, you know, just thought I'd let you know. So <laughs> I thought I'd send that just to sort of uh, let him know, really. So, uh, yeah, so that's been my, my hobby stuff. So we've been, yeah, you know, been a bit active. Yeah. We're doing stuff, Here you know, stuff's, We're getting stuff's getting done. You're building, I'm painting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Right, well, we'll have our first little break, and when we're back, we'll see what's going on in the news. Back shortly. Hello and welcome back. Time to get stuck into the news, stuck into the bosom of Warhammer news that's out there, which <laughs> is, you know, like I said, a bit quieter than normal. I think they're obviously getting mm. things prepared to ramp up. Um, I imagine we're probably going to start seeing stuff about Warcry soon, I would imagine. Yes. I think that's probably why AOS is yes. a bit quiet <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's get stuck into the 40k side of things because there's a few things to cover. Um, well, the first quick one really is obviously as yeah. of today, Saturday the sixth, the um, apocalypse stuff is all out. I believe mm-hmm. now. Yep. You know, it's all all the stuff that went up for pre-order last <laughs> week. So, you know, if you want to grab your uh, battalion boxes out there, then yes, I would grab them because yeah. you never you never know how long they're going to be there for. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, God, I, I agonized over that night one today, I'll be honest, because it's essentially <laughs> getting the Armager box for free. And yeah. ooh, I didn't in the end. Got to finish my own night first before I get more nights. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, I mean, if you got it, would it be to do some chaos, more Chaos Knights? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question. Ah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> now that's imperialist <laughs> nonsense. I can't be bothered hiding marks where I messed up clipping things off the sprue. More damage. More rotten corruption. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, talking of knights, let's uh, talk about the Chaos Knights. Um, mm. So, again, as of today, they have gone up for pre-order. Um, so there's the lovely new codex that's going to be out. Um, I think, well, I'm hoping... Mm. We this will be one that we can cover in the future because I think yes, it'll be definitely. it'll be a good one to get into. I know we obviously we we did there was obviously the the, the normal Imperial Knights Codex a while ago and we mm. sort of just didn't because other things were coming up at the time. <laughs> so, but I think this one will be be quite interesting. So yeah, I think yeah. future episode don't be surprised if we talk about the law that's going to be in this. So yep, new fancy Codex and the new box set which is the yes. the kit that makes the rampager or the desecrator yep um, and got a favorite beautiful um <laughs> not really honestly which is weird for me because <laughs> i usually usually have something that really stands out to me that i really like but quite honestly they both look amazing and i'm <laughs> more excited by the fact that everything from the waist up seems like it'll fit perfectly with the regular night kit uh, so you can make some sort of less intensely corrupted knights or, you know, they, they, they're, they're partway through the descent to chaos, you know, <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. And God, it, it looks so great. Yeah, they're dabbling. Yeah. They've got, they got a few extra spikes. Uh, it looks really great. Um, actually, as a as someone who's building a Nurgle knight, one thing I really like is uh, all the bits where the spikes are coming out of the top carapace armor and stuff. 
uh, on the sprue, you can have a look, and the spikes are separate to the burst-up areas of the armor. So what you okay. actually have is armor with all these burst-up bits. And I reckon you put a little blob of green stuff in there, it looks like a big pimple bursting its way out of the armor <laughs> place. It'll look perfect for a noble knight. Uh, <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, uh, they're just beautiful. They are absolutely gorgeous. I will probably pick one up, but I'm going to finish my... First night first, I swear. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I'm very excited by these because I, 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 I like normal Imperial Knights. So they're, mm. they're sort of something that I've probably never got around to ever thinking about getting, but I've always yeah. appreciated them. I thought, you know what? They're nice. Whereas actual Chaos Knights is mm. something I could get on board with. I could yeah. see myself yeah. treating myself to one maybe down the line um mm. i much i think my favorite out of the two if i had to pick was is the desecrator um i just love his his you know the the actual head on him i think he's fantastic yeah. the one yeah. one that looks like he's shouting the one he's like get mm. off my lawn bloody kids <laughs> um yeah. he's he's just looks fantastic well they they both do yeah. um yeah, yeah. i just think i prefer them to the imperial knights just because i think they just look a little bit more interesting to mm. be honest i know that's those, subjective those legs. i know for me yeah like totally that on extra board with band that. is so good but i mean yeah it's i think technically they're on the imperial kits but it's way smaller and it's mm. hidden behind armor plates and stuff so you don't really see it at all yeah but with these yeah. ones it's on full display they look so good <laughs> mm. well they were on they were at warhammer fest and we got to see them in the plastic mm. and they are just awesome really <laughs> they are just awesome looking models so yeah i think this is going to be a uh I, you know what? You, this is what I'm gonna. I should do really is when when I've moved house. You know, you know when we've, mm. the sales gone through and everything's. Mm. It should be like a, a. I should do this as a housewarming present. <laughs> did you buy yourself? I bought it myself. It will protect a the nut. house. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I this mean, is for security reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if the kit is anywhere near as fun to work with as the uh, Imperial Knight kit, and given it's basically mm. the same kit, I'm pretty sure it will be. These. This is such a good model like i i was i talked about this way back on the podcast when i actually got the knight and started putting it together still stuck there a little um but that kit is just so much fun to work with like you're just building a big toy you're building a big cool toy <laughs> yeah. it's super poseable uh well everything above the legs is super poseable uh like the legs are poseable if you put in some effort with a saw uh i wasn't really willing to <laughs> with my first knight but i've Honestly, feel like uh, when I pick one of these up, I might try and do something interesting with like the posing on the legs because you can just saw at the like the circular part of the joints and maneuver stuff mm-hmm. around. And like, yeah, oh, they they're so so good. Like, yeah, look, looking at the pre-orders, like you can just have it without the mask on, and without the mask on, it looks incredible because they've got like half yeah. a skull growing out of the head and everything. <laughs> <laughs> And they, oh. they were saying on on the community site that yeah they are compatible with the imper- normal Imperial Knights kit, mm. so you can do some combinations, or if you have got spare parts from the original kit, so yeah, 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 knock yourself out. Um, I just I just think like I said they just look fantastic. I, I like the fact that from what I've seen, there's I, apologies, I can't remember the name, but mm. the that basically there's going to be two sort of types of knight uh, in the sense that like one. Mm is going to be uh, uh, to do with, obviously, the Dark Mechanicum. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the other side is the ones that have sort of fallen to chaos mm. from, like, the, yeah. you know, as part of, like, the, the, the legions yeah. as such. Yeah. So um, you have um you have iconoclast households, which are, like, the, the knight-style households that have fallen mm-hmm. to the legions, and then you have infernal uh, that's households. That's it. That's the names. Yeah. And I, honestly, 
Oh, they're so good because the um the iconoclasts have a mechanic where you can spend stratagems at the start of the game for each knight to give them a vow that they follow. Uh, for example, one I'm really thinking of, Vow of Dominance. Nothing can wound this knight on better than a 4+. Plus. Mm. And that's really cool. Um, yeah. That's ridiculously <laughs> good on a knight, of all things. Like, ugh. Yeah, I know. It, it makes a really good Nurgle knight, even if it doesn't get disgustingly resilient. It's that tough, I guess. Um, yeah. And then the Infernal Households, every turn they can choose to let demonic power surge through the machine. It takes model wounds, but it gets a random buff. And they're all really good. Uh, I think the best one is probably plus one strength and damage to all of its weapons. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get one with the double Gatling cannons and you're laying out 24 strength, seven damage, three shots at that point. <laughs> uh, it's a bit it's a bit nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's so cool. I really can't wait to dig into that and get all the strategies. I'll probably buy that next week, knowing me. Yeah. Uh, buy the codex. Yeah. <laughs> jump into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think we have to. <laughs> I'm actually interested to see if there's like a warlord trait to make a knight a psyker or something. I think that would be Oh, cool. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Maybe. it gets the ability to cast and deny one, it knows smite and this one spell or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like, and I think that'd be cool. Like, you can, there's a lot of room to play with Chaos Knights. And I really want to see how far they've gone because just mm. the difference between the two kinds of households so far, they're really different. And they're especially really different to Imperial Knights, which is awesome. Mm. Yeah. And I think you're, you're in for a treat, really, when you, if mm. you think, if you're into your Chaos this year, especially, you know, we've seen oh, probably God, one of the, yeah. the best models, I think, in recent <laughs> years, which is obviously the Lord um, Discordant, um, mm. or the Disco Lord, as people yes. call him on online. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that obviously you've got all these lovely new Chaos Marines, you've got Abaddon, and then now you mm. get some lovely chaos knights as well oh, you're it's you know so if you're good. part of team chaos you're really in your element at the moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously you can turn them into dread blade knights as well so yeah. the chaos version of the free blade so if you want like a an independent mm. <laughs> you know uh, knight it's of sorts in, it's interesting because i was just looking at that warhammer community article apparently they still benefit from your iconoclast or infernal benefits they just get an extra benefit and an extra restriction mm. which is interesting yeah, like so free blades, they- yeah. Yeah, but free blades, I'm pretty sure, don't benefit from household traits, if I'm right. Mm, Whereas yeah, these it could be do. Right. Whereas these yeah. do, which is interesting, uh, mm. as a, I mean, I guess, I guess the iconoclast versus infernal is more of a construction difference than the household traits are. Cause like, yeah, it's literally, it's more... is there a demon or not inside that knife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's sort of how they fell to chaos where they mm. sort of, where they built to be part of chaos was it have they had a load of scrap code sort of piped into mm. them or have they like i said they fall into a demon of yeah. sort yeah yeah that's true very cool though and obviously you got the mm-hmm. you got the data cards as always and that sort of stuff so yeah this time next week we'll be everyone will be jumping mm. on that chaos night yeah bandwagon oh, it's gonna be so good <laughs> it's gonna be so good i love these models so much I'm just look at the photos <laughs> now i'm like oh god <laughs> and that's i'm just just to reiterate what you said a minute ago and and i've seen this a lot is people say when it when when they're building a night it's just fun like that Mm. seems to be the same you know word that people seem to use when it comes to it like it's quite intimidating because obviously this is you know this is a very big and complicated kit compared to obviously a lot of the standard stuff but once you get into it it's just really enjoyable i suppose it's something to to show off at the end of it isn't it really Mm. Mm. yeah absolutely all right. Um, speaking of chaos, 
there's more. <laughs> um, mm. So Trader Command is coming out for Blackstone Fortress. This is what got shown off a few months back at a yeah, game like day, that. I think it was, or something like that. Um, it's the Trader Commissar and Chaos Ogren for Blackstone Fortress. They're both really cool looking models. They're coming for Blackstone Fortress and they're going to have 40k rules. I like every Blackstone Fortress release. I'm like, we're inching closer and closer to a Lost in the Damned model range release in pure plastic. Like, give, give me the Trader Guardsman army. Come on, do it. You can do it. Sis is a battle need to fight against someone and they can't fight against Chaos Marines because Gilliam is already doing that all the time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's all there is. It's another Blackstone Fortress expansion. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But really, we're all here for the, the models and their delicious 40k benefits uh, of <laughs> cheap troop choices for your Chaos Army. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's um, switch it up to the Primaris Lieutenant thing mm. that's going on at the moment. Obviously, this sort of... <laughs> Came out of nothing, and I, and it's funny actually. Mm. Before it was shown on the Warhammer Community page and obviously YouTube, etc., I, I did spot the social media, the like their actual mm. Twitter page that mm. sort of appeared. And I and I'll be honest, I thought it was just another random person, yeah, they're just yeah. doing a random account. Like you see, like there's a, there's like ones for like Angron and the Emperor mm. and stuff like mm. that. You know where they sort of basically created an account to to be that entity yeah. of sorts. And yeah. Obviously, I thought this was the same, and no, it's actually. You know, it's basically backed by yeah. <laughs> by GW. So, you know, if you've not seen it, go on YouTube or the uh, community site. There's a basically a conversation between, um, is it Darren Latham and uh, Wade mm. Price, where they're basically yeah. doing a, you know, a spoof <laughs> of a uh, of a show about primary lieutenants, obviously mocking yeah. themselves. Obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they know what the community <laughs> feels. About them. Oh man. But so, uh, they snuck some previews hmm. in there. <laughs> they did. They did. Now, that's the. I think that's the key thing. And I, it was so easy to miss. It was obviously one of those mm. things where, you know, if you, again, if you watch a video, Darren has basically got them in front of him and they're deliberately blurred as well. Oh, yeah. Which is Solo res. Quite, quite, quite <laughs> amusing. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like this is the first hint of some of the next Primaris stuff to be coming mm. out later. Um, um, what's your thoughts? What are you thinking's in that blurred uh, image? <laughs> I'm interested in what I see. We know there is definitely a <clears throat> lieutenant in there, apparently. Uh, <laughs> lieutenant? Lieutenant? <laughs> yeah, lieutenant, lieutenant. Uh, they're going off the, that the whole uh, freaking video. There's definitely a lieutenant in there, uh, which I'm pretty sure it's just going to be another vanguard lieutenant from like the very blurred image we could see. Um, it looks like there's another Primaris squad with some kind of heavy weapon. It could be a uh, suppressor's multi-part. It could be new infantry with heavy weapons. Uh, there is what appears to be a floating rhino. Uh, so look out for the repulsor with slightly less guns coming soon. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've, we've had repulsor, repulsor with even more guns. Get ready for repulsor with slightly less guns and a bigger troop capacity. I mean, at that point, it looks like a rhino that can fly, which I'm behind. Yep. Honestly, I'm good at that. Uh, we pr- were pretty certain there's uh, the Eliminators multi-part plastic kit there. Yeah, uh, because yeah I would agree. And we know that's coming because Apocalypse data sheets list them as being able to take LAS fusils, which are basically more portable LAS cannons, as far as mm-hmm. we can tell, which is going to be yep. cool. And there's a weird dreadnought with what appears to be a roll bar on the front. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering if this is a dreadnought without the cage. And if this is, in fact, 
uh, the the baby carrier papoose machine from Grey Knights <laughs> ported over to Primaris <laughs> Marines. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be the twist, the, right? Yeah, it, it, he's I not dead. It, it does, he's just driving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It does come across like it's the Dread Knights for the uh, mm. for the Grey Knights. I I think. And I've seen other people say this. I think that dreadnought is like maybe like a stealth dreadnought. If that's yeah. such a concept, it sounds That'd like cool. it's something, you know, to obviously <laughs> follow the Vanguard mm. Primaris mm. that we've seen and obviously Reavers and things like that. So it could be wrong, but I think it's going to have some sort of stealth yeah. or cloaking yeah. element to it because obviously it's clearly, it's a stripped down dreadnought. Mm. You know, it's quite, mm. it's quite a, like it's, uh, like it needs to pile on the pounds a bit. <laughs> it's like, like it's a, yeah. it's on a diet. <laughs> yeah, it's a diet, like, diet dreadnought. <laughs> honestly, I don't care what it is. I just want to see what Kirioth does with fifteen of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You we'll we'll see what comes out of it. But mm. I, I I find that idea interesting because we've had dreadnoughts for everything but stealth at this point. Honestly, we've got a flying dreadnought mm. from the Horus Heresy. We've got siege dreadnoughts. Tactical long range support dreadnoughts, close combat dreadnoughts. We haven't really had a stealth dreadnought, and that mm. would be interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how you yeah. make a stealth dreadnought, but <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll find a way. They will it's find. Fine. A way. It's fine. Sounds so, oppression yeah. field. Oh, mm. yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I- but like I said, there definitely there's definitely more primary stuff coming out, which was let's be honest, that was always mm. going to be be the case oh, really. Yeah. So yeah, we'll it's not going to start. <laughs> no, not at all. So the uh, the last forty k sort of little bit of news um, is something that's been hinted at that's going to be in the next White Dwarf, um, mm-hmm. which will be the the sort of the August edition. Um, basically, there's going to be new additions to Kill Team, uh, primarily Eisenhorn. Mm-hmm. Is going to be you know, Inquisitor Icon is going to be part of it, and mm-hmm. uh, demons, chaos demons are going to be a thing in Kill Team, which is that all is very good. very cool. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You just got half the Age of Sigma community into Kill Team. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, I can use my models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a place for me. <laughs> I think it's great. Again, mm. I know this is obviously this the since they've rebranded White Dwarf. Obviously, this is the primary. Uh, use of it now as well as obviously you know doing your mm. your battle reports and things like that is obviously uh, is a way to get rules out there for and obviously mm. we've seen a lot of the 40k indexes obviously we've got yeah. the um blood ravens are gonna have yeah one in the same this uh episode or yeah. a, a version of it so yeah i think it's good i mean i hope and i, I think we said this on the show when we were talking about warmer fest that like when mm. we we in person and i we spoke to uh ben johnson and we were obviously saying you know, will these things end up being, you know, in a compilation elsewhere? Because obviously this is the slight danger with White Dwarf yes. is obviously if you miss an issue, then, you know, you're then scrabbling around for like, but I want mm. the rules to play. And then obviously you get into the murky territories of photocopying and, you know, uh, and digital I don't think it's that murky that in the case of these are rules. Here's a photo I found off Google. I'm not bringing yeah. a whole White Dwarf with me to a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's plus. I I get that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I just hope that, like I said, that they will start doing compilations maybe at the towards the end of a year, you know, mm. to say, like, yeah, you know, this is the way you can, you know, oh, catch yeah. up on these rules yeah. if you've missed them. But, uh, I, but no, I again, feel it might be good. like with the old, uh, they, they did the Index Renegade Knights and then they printed it in Chapter Approved. It might end up they being did. like that. Like they might yeah. print them in future General's Handbooks and Chapters Approved. Mm-hmm. 
as like yeah. this was this year's supplementary material. Here it is, all in one place. That'd be mm. nice. Well, they've they've done it with some of the other games, like Blood Bowl has had mm. their um, articles amalgamated into the books, like. Um, and also y- y- the fact that we've seen it with like Necromunda, where obviously Necromunda got mm. like a rebooted rule book where they basically took yeah. the rule book and obviously did all the erratas and, and other bits. So again, you could see maybe a kill team version, maybe down the mm. line where they sort of, yeah. now that, now that kill team doesn't have a starter box anymore, mm. they, they're probably going to rely on just a new rule book, I would imagine, you know, an yeah. updated yeah. one anyway, and it will incorporate anything that's, you know, in white dwarf, etc. So. But we'll see. Mm. Um, so AOS, um, nothing really. <laughs> AOS <laughs> is pretty barren for news <laughs> at the moment. Um, like I said at the start, I think this is because we're getting closer to Warcry because mm. it, it should be later this month. Because if yeah. you think about it, they said in that um, that email that started going around about AOS Day, which I think is the 20th of July, I want to say. Yeah, say yeah. 20th of July. Um, the, you know, well, obviously that's only a few weeks away. So, that's and that two was two weeks away from today, yeah. actually. Oh my well, God. That's what he means. So if you think about <laughs> it, I think next week we're mm. going to start seeing on the community or even maybe this weekend, we're going to start seeing more Warcry stuff because obviously yeah. we've still got two war bands to be announced. We've only mm-hmm. seen four of the six yeah, apart from yeah. obviously the, the non chaos ones, um, mm. which is, uh, which I don't think will be a thing. It'll be a, you know, just, it'll be a, yeah where you use your own units, similar to Kill Team. Um, and they did say that on the 20th, uh, on AOS Day, is where you can play and buy Warcraft yeah, for the first yeah. time. So I have a feeling what's going to happen is, this week, like I said, we'll see all the news coming up. Um, and then next Saturday, which will be, what, the 13th, it'll go up for pre-order mm. and then released yeah. on the 20th. That's or how I see it alternatively, go. on the 20th, it goes up for pre-order, but there's in-store demos that you can play it's yeah, one of those maybe two, that honestly yeah it, i hope we're, it's, we're, I hope it's, it's imminent. the former yeah i'd rather <laughs> pre-order it next week and then get my hands on it the week after but yeah i'm i'm really excited to see what those other two war bands are i'm almost as mm-hmm. interested to see which realm got left out because they're, they're war bands yeah. from different realms we know there's mm-hmm. not one from azir so that should leave yep. seven but there's only yep. six exactly Who's, so, yeah. who's missing out? <laughs> we, we've had Shadow Life. Uh, are, are the Iron Golems from actually or Shimon? I think they're from Shimon. I thought they're Shimon, but yeah. I could be wrong on that. That'd be Metal, then there's Realm of Beasts, and that's the four mm-hmm. we've had so far. Yeah. So then that's either Akshi, uh, Haish, or mm-hmm. uh, Shaish get left out, I guess. One of those three. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, we'll find we'll out. See, well, hopefully. We'll see. We'll find out. Yeah, soon. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's AOS. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll just wrap up the last couple of other bits of news. Um, we've now seen a bit more of the Lost and the Damned. That is mm-hmm. the next novel in the Siege of Terror yeah. series. So this is book yeah. two of eight. This is mm-hmm. the one by Guy Haley. And yep. this is going to be the novel where... The, this is going to be based, from what I've seen, it's going to be based around the bat, like the first proper battle mm, on the yeah. surface of yeah. Terra, whereas obviously yeah. uh, the one before Solar War was more, obviously, the space battle mm. side of things. Yeah. Have you seen that special edition? Because Yes, I have. I, that that, that little world leaders icon on the cover, I'm like, that is the best looking book I've ever seen. I can't buy it. <laughs> I can't. It looks too good, though. Oh. <laughs> They're going to get me with all these special editions one day. I'm going to give in eventually. 
<laughs> well, it'd be interesting to see if they've learned from last time, and obviously yeah, what happened hopefully. the first one. Obviously, that that sort of interesting situation where obviously the special edition went up for sale, and then obviously the website basically crashed, and people mm. missed out, and yeah, and all. Actually, talking about that, they were talking about doing a rerun, weren't they, of the special mm. edition to sort of make you know to sort of you know say to people that we're yeah. sorry that. That's not happened, has it yet? As I of yet, don't I don't believe. Believe so? No. Mm. I know. I know the normal edition has gone up. I think. Yeah. Like, well, the the yeah, hardback, yeah. the hardback, mm. and the audio is there, cause, but yeah, the yeah. softback's not yet. Mm. Um, yeah, that'd be it. But yeah, it, like I said, yeah. it looks gorgeous. I mean, it, oh, they, and also what they they've hinted at. Well, not hinted. They've actually said that obviously the actual main release of the hardback the mm. kindle and the audio is out in october so oh, that is excellent. when the next you know the book is officially released and obviously the, mm. the special edition will be before that so you know a few months time we'll get mm. to see what's going on down on terror so that's all yeah very exciting and if you go to the community website and go to the actual page about it you get to see the characters involved in it as well it's a, mm. Mm. a nice who's who <laughs> <laughs> line up in cool. it as well <laughs> just waiting, just waiting for that, uh, that, uh, that con, that con bit, that, uh, yeah. that good old Gathorpe teased, uh, yeah, oh, yes, of course, yeah. I, f- yeah. I feel that'll be the book after this one, I think. I presume so. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah, I think they sort of hinted that as well. Is that the, the, what's it called? The wall? The last wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the last wall. Something like that. Or Definitely got the word wall the in it. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, um, yep. So that's that. And then the probably the last little topic to cover is this um, price increase mm, thing that's going yeah. around at the moment. So, yeah. um, from what I gather, there's obviously emails that have gone out to I'm presuming like retailers and such like mm. that, and obviously a spreadsheet has gone around with it of certain items that are going up in price and mm. it seems to be a bit vague in the sense that obviously it like is it worldwide is it just certain mm. regions again this is it just certain units and and boxes so um yeah what's your thoughts on it uh i honestly don't know a lot about it uh i'm pretty sure with the vagueness it's not going to be an across the board price increase because Mm-hmm. That would be crazy, I think. I mean, I know the middle of the year is sort of the slowest time for them. You know, kids, uh, young folk, I should say, don't, <laughs> look at me speaking like I'm old. Uh, <laughs> young people <laughs> don't often have as much work over the summer, but they've got lots of free time. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the slow portion of the year is the middle of the year generally. But mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely can't be an across the range increase of ten dollars or whatever it was posted at um it's Mm. probably for select items uh i don't want to get too deep into politics but every time i hear this kind of thing it feels like they're going uh brexit might still happen so we're just being careful here Mm. making sure (laughs) making sure we don't lose too much from that uh no offense it's not it's not all of your fault i'm not blaming all of you (laughs) over there just saying it's already hard enough Thank down you. here in australia being a game workshop hobbyist <laughs> yeah, stop it yeah get your stuff together no I'd- um yeah it's i i I don't know i i think it's like you said it's too vague at the moment really Mm. to see yeah and like i said i don't think it's going to be across the board it's just obviously there's probably certain boxes out there that they feel they need to maybe they can get away with increasing it because there's certain unit there's certain boxes where i think if they did 
price increases, people would almost riot to a degree. Oh, and yeah. I think they probably that. Whereas there's a, there's some you, you know some boxes of and uh, items out there where they think you know what we could you know cheekily put this up a mm. few quid, a few dollars, whatever it is, yeah. and just think yeah, you know people will still buy it, you mm. know, and mm. it's just it'll maybe offset against other things. But yeah, yeah, I I feel it's like they're looking at things that people only ever buy one of these. No one has ever bought two of these. And yeah, a slight price exactly. increase isn't going to stop someone who wants to buy it from buying it. So I think I saw Mortarion on the list is going up slightly in price or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, if you really want Mortarion, him going up a couple of dollars, a few quid, isn't going to stop you getting him. No. Uh, but you're never going to buy more than one of him. <laughs> no, if you have, you're yeah. a commissioned painter, painter and you're getting fully reimbursed for the multiple Mortarion purchases you're making. Uh, and also things like barely anyone buys these and the people that buy them Again, are buying them because they need them. They won't mind a small increase. So it might mm-hmm. be like the, the super old fantasy stuff that's like, it's, it's essentially like dirt cheap compared to newer sprues because it's an it old is, sprue. Yeah, it was cheaper true. back then. Yeah. Um, and again, raising those a few, a few dollars a piece is not crazy. I'd say like, uh, I don't want to be the Games Workshop apologist on the podcast that I usually am, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to freak out and say the sky is falling until I see solid evidence of it. And yeah. at the moment, everything's super vague. I, I've heard almost nothing about this, except for like a few tweets being passed around, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to pass judgment. And like earlier in the year, there was a small price increase for paints, but Games Workshop yeah. was actually very upfront with that. Put out a, put out a, an article that they had managers in the store saying, Hey, just so you know, these are going up on this day, right up until that day. They're the normal price. If you want to get them before the price increase, go, go nuts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, yeah, and it's the- not. Uh, it's not like shady. It's just happening. no. They they they, <laughs> they did it with start collecting as well, didn't they? Where it mm. went up um, from I think fifty pounds to mainly sixty. Where there's still a yeah. couple that are, are cheaper, but you're still saving anyway. Oh, yeah. And especially if you yeah. hit it from an indie store, you know where again you'll get mm. a, an indie discount as well, which is you know is one of the ways to do it, especially on the bigger purchases. So mm. yeah, like I said, it's not it's not panic stations. We don't know Not enough to, to do it. And I don't think, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think they would get away with anything dram- overly dramatic. I think it would mm. just be a few little bits here and there. Yeah. But yeah. as always, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, that's been the news. Like I said, just yeah. little bits out there. So we'll get, you know, hopefully next episode we'll be uh, <laughs> talking about Warcry and things like that. Uh, but like I said, we'll take our next little break now um, before the main law topic where... You know, shortly you can gather around the fireplace with us and we'll tell you a few stories. Mm. Back soon. <laughs> oh, hello. Welcome back. Mm. Hope you've enjoyed the little break for yeah. five seconds. <laughs> a bit longer for us. <laughs> so it's time to cover the main law topic for this episode. Um, and we're going to do an AOS one. And like I said earlier, we're going to do something a little bit different i know we do cover novels and, and things like that but like i said what we've decided to do for this one is myself and cameron have basically read two little short stories each mm-hmm. maybe connected maybe unconnected and <laughs> don't really know much about yeah. what other, mm-hmm. each other is reading and mm-hmm. basically we're going to you know take it in turns talk about the short story you know and, and obviously pick out fundamentally any really interesting you know, law concepts or things that we we weren't aware of, and think, oh, this is an interesting little nugget that we're <laughs> unsure about or not weren't aware of before, etc. So mm. yeah, that's basically what we're going to be doing. Um, yeah. So as always, for the four 
stories that we're going to talk about. Spoiler warnings. Realm and Ruin, spoiler warning. You have been warned. <laughs> Warn them, Cameron. Warn them. Yeah, him. yeah. Look, look out, you. I've got yeah. spoilers, and I intend to use them in self-defense exactly. on this program. Exactly. <laughs> Don't, you know, I bet you're intimidated now, aren't you? Oh, Ooh. yeah. Sitting here in my pink dressing gown, <laughs> waving a book at a laptop screen. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's actually almost yeah. a little bit cold, so I've dressed appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Okay, it's the opposite here. It's quite warm, so I'm, mm. I'm, you know, I've got my my black currant squash. Oh, oh. oh, if I if I <laughs> you know tip that on someone, they'd be angry. Oh. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right, so uh, Cameron, you can kick things off. Um, okay. So what, what's what's the first short story that uh, you read? So the first short story I read. Let me just open my table of contents to get the title right. Uh, the first short story <laughs> I read was 4,000 Days by David Geimer. Uh, oh, I believe, okay. I've actually talked about this one on the show before, uh, forever ago, uh, <laughs> because this is from a book uh, Aaron got me quite a while back, um, but it essentially details not the whole journey, because it would be much more than a short story uh, at that point, but part of the journey of a Fire Slayer Lodge returning to their sort of... um originator lodge effectively like you mm-hmm. know the the lodges yeah. split off like sons go off to found their own lodges and so forth and so forth down the generations uh they received the they received the call to go back to their their great 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 whatever grandparent lodge and off they went on a trek of 4000 days uh, to find it <laughs> which um <laughs> because you know after several centuries uh it's actually quite hard to find your way back when the only map you have is sort of an abstract thing because you have to go through multiple realm gates. So the map can't be a contiguous continental map because you go to this continent and you end up here a million miles away on a different world. And then you go this way for a bit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, I believe I talked about this, however, particularly because it was interesting with its interactions between fire slayers and chaos. Uh, because, uh, spoiler warning, uh, the end of this short story is, uh, a group of fire slayers uh, accepting a contract from a corn warlord uh, in return for payment of gold, obviously. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I think I talked with David about this on Twitter a bit uh, back when I was reading it again forever ago. Uh, he, <laughs> he he really likes doing that kind of thing, like shaking things up because Age of Sigmar itself is a much more free setting. Like that would never happen. You'd never have dwarves working willingly with chaos forces, um, at least uncorrupted dwarves working willingly with chaos forces in the old world, but here, if you offer enough Urgold and it's not something horrendously offensive to the ancestors, it can be done. Uh, so essentially, <laughs> uh, it it's uh, it details this long, torturous trek. Uh, the focus of it is a character called Dunagar, who is a Grimroth berserker, uh, the firstborn to his lodge for many generations. Uh, and th- those are the guys who uh, go even more nuts than regular fire slayers do. Uh, they get more runes, they need more gold, more, 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 uh, etc. Uh, and a lot of it is very cool combat, like uh, fighting against mostly blood reavers, uh, because this this was written, I feel, in the in the period of time where basically the entire Vakshi was under Korn's control. Uh, mm, and again. Yeah. Because, uh, like, near the end, there's rumors about Stormcasts appearing, and no one's sure 100% what they are, uh, so it's sort of set in that cusp between the Age of Chaos and the Age of Sigma. 
Uh, and it, it is a, it mostly details a long, hard journey. It has a lot of interesting things about, like, landscapes and travel in the realms. Uh, as I said, it's not so simple as walking over a mountain ridge and you find yourself in the realm of metal or the realm of life or whatever. No, you've got to track, you've got to search for long lost realm gates that you know are here somewhere. Mm. But somewhere is, you know, this hundred mile radius. <laughs> you know, it's roughly around here. Again, all you've got is this book. Uh, and this book is very vague because, you know, their landscape changes, etc. Uh, it had a lot of interesting cultural things for Fire Slayers. Uh, for example, the book I mentioned uh, is a very durable book because it's carved on silver pages and bound with uh, orichide, so it's like actually a chiseled book. Uh, it's not one of these... <laughs> okay. none, yeah. none of this paper nonsense, uh, which I think is pretty pretty continuous, uh, continuous across most of the Fire Slayer stuff I've read. Like, they tend to either write with beads on poles or with slab like tablets of stone and metal, which is awesome, adds to the aesthetic. Uh, <laughs> um, and we also get some interesting interactions because we have the uh, the more Axian uh, Lodge, the... Oh, I forget the name. Let me, let me quickly flick to the start of the book. They have so many names. There's so many names. Where is it? Da, 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 da. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> the Angfeard Lodge. There we are. There we right, are. The, Ang- okay. the Angfeard Lodge from Akshi, I believe. Uh, but on the trek back, they actually run into a group of fire slayers from Shaish who are actually descended from the same great lodge. Uh, so which is interesting because they have these massive cultural differences. And at first, they are not particularly fond of each other. Uh, hmm. But, you know, they're going to the same place. There's safety in numbers. And also, you know, they are related. They have to at least try and get on. Uh, and there's, there's, it's, again, interesting to see that difference in culture. Um, because, for example, the Shaishian fire slaves have a massive respect for the dead. Uh, they okay. even go, That's they even go so far as to not, uh, loot runes off dead fire slayers because they believe they will need them in the afterlife. So, you know, they, they see them cremating the Lodge's rune father with all his Urgold runes still in his skin, and the Angfeard rune smith is like, what the hell are you doing? We could use those. Like, no, he needs them. He's going to the underworld, he's going to fight a whole bunch of shit and get to the halls of his father's. He needs his runes. And it's like, it's a waste. Uh, it's not a waste, he's using them. <laughs> you know, death is just another step on the path of your existence, which I feel is really interesting, because again... The, these guys should ostensibly be more or less alike. They were founded by the same people, descended from the same people. But because realms have such massive influences on people's culture and people's attitudes towards things, these Shaishin fire slaves are much more dour, they're much more sort of somber and respectful, and they do these weird things that other fire slaves go, what the hell are you doing? There's good gold. <laughs> You're just throwing it into the ground. You like, burn his corpse, all his runes fall out, you don't pick him up. No, you just throw him into the ground. What well, pointless. And then, you know, later on later on in the book, you know, tensions are fraying as the journey gets more difficult. Like, we wouldn't be lost if you ha- if you'd let us loot the runes off your beloved father's corpse or whatever. It's like, come on guys. <laughs> Have a little respect. Um <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, it's really that, that climax is the interesting part because all throughout mm. this, uh, all throughout this book, you're hearing about a very particular corn warlord who they all believe is the one they've been called to kill. Uh, because, you know, like their, their parent lodge is in trouble. They've called upon all their descendant lodges because this one corn warlord is in the way. Um, 
encounter many different corn lords over the course of this, obviously. Uh, <laughs> there's one, there's one called the, uh, the Griever, who is really interesting because he's a corn lord on Juggernaut, but he fights with a lance, which I really want to see a conversion of, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get that, get that vampire lord lance or something on there. Just really go to town. Cause <laughs> It sounds really cool. Like, he's dueling a rune father on top of a magma droth and everything. So it's like the juggernaut trying to pin down the magma droth while the corn lord tries to duel, uh, latch key axe to massive lance and everything. Hmm. It's really awesome. Uh, he's called the griever because he skins his enemies and just hangs them from his banner, uh, to lovely. incite grief because he's a lovely lad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eventually, he's defeated. He was sort of the main block in their way. He's the cause of most of their losses throughout the journey. He's eventually defeated, uh, and they fight on. They all they need to do is get through this one last realm gate, uh, which I feel I should feel I should point out. Uh, this realm gate is located in a mountain, which has been nice. re- which has been reshaped to the shape of the corn warlord that controls the area. <laughs> <laughs> like they're, they're they're like doing their planning and they're sitting on this two thousand foot long thumb uh, is like the is like the small mountain peak that they're doing all their planning from and they, they they like look down the length of the arm to see all the blood reavers gathering in the valley that is the crease of his elbow and everything and way up in the heights you see the skull helmet with the realm gate glinting in the right eye socket and like that's where we've got to go. <laughs> It's just also like Amazing. just the scale is ridiculous in this. Another the great thing about Age of Sigma is like it, it is a statue of a corn warlord so big it had to be carved out of a mountain range. That is ridiculous. I love it. Like so AOS, isn't it's it? so ridiculous. I really want to see like I want to see Games Workshop build a display board of this or something of like just the arm maybe. But like oh, it's so cool. Um, but you know, <laughs> at this point they've been traveling for four thousand and one days. They got a bit lost, so it took a bit longer than they thought it would. Um, and they are down to 30 fire slayers out of an initial thousand or so between the two lodges. Um, and the corn warlord actually stops the fighting. He has a horn that engenders passivity or something like he blows the horn, all the blood reavers freak out and lose the will to fight and just retreat back Mm. to their lines and everything. And even the fire slayers stop and feel kind of shook by it. Not, Not necessarily scared, but like, sapped of that immediate bloodlust, which is an interesting relic for a corn warlord to have, like something that reduces the lust for battle in people. Um, you know, he's guarded and escorted by these two enormous slaughter priests, and he comes forward and he's your, I would say, your archetypical corn lord. He doesn't have anything too crazy about him, like the um, like the one from the Dark Oath War Queen book that we read. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah with, all yep. his, with all his many mouths. Um, he's, not, he's not like that. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's your standard Chaos Warrior Warlord. Uh, but he brings, quote-unquote, gifts with these two enormous locked chests filled to the brim with Urgold. Uh, and all he wants, he doesn't want you to go kill Stormcast. He knows that might be a step too far, and the Berserker's like, no, we'll do it. We'll do it for that. Uh, I will kill... <laughs> like the, the Berserker says, hey, do you need me to kill the Celestant Prime you keep talking about? Because I'll do it for that much money. <laughs> um, and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Basically, what what Korn has said is, hey, these Stormcasts are really rad, and I want you all to group together and fight them. No infighting. You're not allowed to attack each other anymore. Stop battling for, like, power between each other for a bit. Just go fight those guys. But mm. I really need that one Corn Warlord, Dad. You know, the Corn Warlord that, that, your lord, that your parent lodge called you to kill? I really need him dead. I'm not allowed to do it anymore, so I'm willing to pay you to go kill another Corn Warlord for me. 
<laughs> and and the best part, the story ends with uh, the Grimwrath Berserker spitting into his hand for a handshake with the Corn Warlord. <laughs> it's like, yes, I can do that. <laughs> Shake. <laughs> like, Put it there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like so is so like attitude of that one particular guy because you know there's there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's the cultural stuff. There's that twist of hey, chaos and order working together. Ooh. Mm. Although with mercenaries now, makes sense. Um, well, that's thing. It's, it's yeah. like a, almost like an early premonition of it. <laughs> mm, mm. It was really good. Um, and also, it was interesting because you can't just become a Grimwrath Berserker. You have to go through a trial where they just keep pounding runes into your flesh to see how many you can take. And either you survive the trial and become a Grimwrath Berserker, you survive the trial, but you go insane with gold lust. And just start ki- trying to kill everyone to get their runes off and put them on your own skin. Or you die. Um, he obviously <laughs> lives through it. Uh, but the idea is every time he gets a rune implanted, like they place the branding rune on his skin, they hammer it in so it lodges deep in the muscle and skin around it and becomes like a part of their body. Uh, he gets a vision of Grimnir fighting Volcatrix every single time. And the idea <laughs> is if you can survive enough runes to journey through that vision, like it starts at the beginning of the fight, if you survive long enough to see the end of the fight where Grimnir kills Volcatrix and is in his turn torn to pieces, that's what makes you a Grimrath Berserker. Like seeing that moment fills mm. you with that battle lust and rage that lets you take a big two-handed obsidian axe and just go to town for <laughs> 20, 30 minutes at a time. And like he he passes the test with flying colors, like they have him chained down with iron manacles in a chair, and he just busts out in the middle of the vision and clocks a dwarf in the face and knocks him completely out, breaks his jaw and everything. It's like, yeah, no, you pass, you're good. Uh, get like five guys to restrain you till you calm down. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was interesting because it's like it's got its action and everything, but mostly it's like. This journey is harrowing, it's long, it has interesting insights into Firesplate culture, has that twist at the end. I, I really like it. It's like a well-rounded short story. Like it's, it's about 40 pages, I believe. Hmm. So, yeah. That sounds very cool. And I suppose it's very appropriate. Corn and Fire Slayers sort of mm. having dealings with each other. You know, they have yeah. their... You know, they they like to fight. Mm. <laughs> they yeah, like yeah. to rampage with it, you know. So, no, that's... that's uh, a nice, and it's quite like I said, it's quite funny considering. Obviously, you say this is about a couple of years ago now. This, yeah, yeah, this, this sort of was, story. Um, so, when was this published? Check the front cover. Uh, <laughs> first published in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Does it, does it feel different? Because obviously, that's obviously very early AOS. Does it feel like? Mm. And obviously, now we've read more recent things. Does it feel like early AOS, or does it? Yeah, really- I'd say so. It feels more like they're painting with really broad strokes. Like they don't want to get too deep into things because they haven't defined the overarching things yet so Mm. yeah it definitely feels like they are this was designed to paint like an image of just how big age of sigma is because again Mm. this is a journey of four thousand days this is a journey of about oh god off the top of my head about 12 years (laughs) Mm. something like that (laughs) yeah about 12 year journey like at one point they're like we're dragging our cart with all our dead friends stuff in it we bought these cuts like three years ago, halfway through the journey. <laughs> I'm like, oh god! <laughs> I'm like, can you imagine that as a response to, hey, we're under attack, we're under siege from these corn forces. Come help us. Signed, you know, great grandpap or whatever. And twelve years later, you might show up, possibly. 
<laughs> like it's ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I feel like it's it's painting with those broader strokes, uh, like a lot of the yeah. early Age of Sigma stuff did, just because they have to define things. They have to go. Also, this they, is yeah. a fire slayer. These are the basics of being a fire slayer. This is the entirety of one realm. This is the basics of how insane it is to try and travel anywhere on time. <laughs> like, but I, I like that. It leaves room for the imagination on, you know, we, we see in total like a week's worth of this 4,000 day trip. What happened on all those other days? There's plenty to imagine, plenty of these things that go unmentioned or like hinted at. Uh, it, yeah, it has all these open areas for the imagination, which I, I actually really like about early Age of Sigma stuff. I like I like stuff now where everything's a little more well defined as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, excellent. That sounds a good little romp. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's quite good. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll switch it up to my first mm-hmm. of the two stories that I read. Uh, this one is also by David Geimer as well. Um, this one's a bit more recent, but not that recent. Um, this is the little short story called "The Sea Taketh." Mm. Um, clues in the tile. It's around. It's about the Deepkin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, this was actually, I think, I think this was the first short story or anything that came out about the Deepkin. Obviously, which were out was it eighteen months ago? Year, yeah, year, year, no, that. yeah, yeah, something like that. Time flies. Uh, mm. So yeah, <laughs> this one I this is the of the two short stories. This is the one that I read previously, whereas the other one I read literally brand new for the show so i was sort of mm. familiar with this story but i hadn't read it for ages so it was quite nice to actually reread it recently obviously for this episode um and uh basically the sort of you know similar to you're talking about the fire slayers and corn the sort of main two on this is obviously the deepkin and the caradron overlords mm-hmm. uh, which is not an interesting mix uh, it basically, in essence, it's the story is to show off the Deepkin, as you would imagine, because obviously this mm-hmm. was the first uh, sort of bit of fiction about them, apart from obviously the battle tome itself. Uh, also, it shows, and I suppose the main thing it's trying to show is uh, you don't steal from the Deepkin. <laughs> it's, probably the, it's probably very unwise to do mm. <laughs> to do this. Um, so basically, the the short story focuses on a particular. Caradron Overlord Duardin by the name of Johnson and you know it, it kicks off in a very sort of mild manner where he's basically uh, taking a boat which with it with a basically a father and daughter combination mm. um you know he, he's obviously paid him to take him out to where he wants because obviously from his perspective he's obviously used to being in the air obviously as being mm-hmm. a Caradron Overlord so the sea is quite uh, <laughs> quite the opposite of what he's used to um, and it's quite it's quite good seeing that because obviously you're seeing him in a um, where he's definitely not in his comfort zone <laughs> mm. <laughs> as you would imagine um, and uh, you know the you know it, it's quite it's done quite nicely because basically this girl called Thalia the, the daughter of this of this guy he, you know she's singing you know, sea shanties or the equivalent mm. of, and obviously they're obviously ref- she's referring to the deepkin. And what's quite nice about this short story is it's based on the fact of you don't know what the deepkin are. So it's a bit, a yeah. bit like a horror horror story, but not <laughs> quite. You know, in the sense that obviously they're this unknown thing. They're just all you mm. hear about them are rumors, which obviously ties in nicely with the law because obviously that is you know, how they were obviously now that they've come a bit more to the forefront, but obviously they, they were hidden down in the deepest depths of the ocean. So they sort mm-hmm. of trying to reinforce that. So, um, so basically they, they, they take Johnson out to sea. He goes down in, in some 
scuba diving <laughs> outfit basically so i've got i've got the like he's like a mini big daddy from uh mm. from bioshock that's sort of how i imagine okay. him in his in his in his <laughs> outfit um so he, he goes down obviously in search of what duardin like which is treasure mm-hmm. um and basically he comes across the uh, basically an abandoned deepkin city by the name of uh, imar now i'm 90 odd percent sure this is one that was actually referenced in the battle tome do you mm. remember there was a a um a city a, a deepkin city that was taken over by skaven where i think oh, they basically tunneled yeah. their way through and mm. took it out i th- uh, it's my fault i should have took out the battle tome and had a look <laughs> but i'm very sure this is the same city in question because mm. basically later in the short story it gets revealed um because obviously that what how did johnson know about this city because it's a bit of a coincidence he just come across it where whereas yeah. obviously clearly he knew it was there and basically he found it because it was they he intercepted i can't remember what he intercepted he intercepted someone and basically this the the the, the map which led to Imar was um, in the hands of the Skaven. So mm. obviously they knew where it was and they'd ransacked it basically. Um, so obviously his character is Johnson. He's there basically ransacked, you know, trying to get what he can from it. He gets basically mm. attacked by an Alapex. So again, this is how you, you see the Alapex, which is the, the shark, um, you know, the uh, Deepkin sharks basically. So you get to see them for the first time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously he's still very haunted by the place because obviously it's yeah. like, you know, you imagine it's this massive city that's covered in coral. It's still got statues, but it's run down. It's your, your stereotypical run down, uh, mm. abandoned city, just obviously under the ocean in, uh, <laughs> in this case. Um, so he goes back to, um, you know, the basically where, uh, this particular city, which is called Torba Lorcha, Lorchai, I think it's pronounced. And mm. basically it's like, like you see, like we saw in um, things like City of Secrets and a lot of these other novels, novellas where it's based around these mixed um, uh, cities of, of different factions. You know, it's, it's a bit mm. of an everything, you know, you can imagine it like being a pirate type port really and and that's basically what this particular city is it's actually a caradron overlord overlord skyport but okay. it's just yeah. but what's really cool about it it's it's basically a combination of humans uh dispossessed caradron overlords and orcs basically they're mm. they're basically the combination and it's quite nice because it actually makes um a lot of reference to the fact that there's a lot of faction you know lots of factions there factionalism as well and like you know they all team like they all have their things like the the humans will team up with the overlords mm. then the are the orcs will you know team up with the dispossessed and basically the, the the reason that like for example the orcs are there um is even though you think they shouldn't be there because obviously they'll be there causing trouble but because they they effectively become a defender and they're good to have around that's why mm. they're there basically so the, the, the dwarden are like no keep them here they they come in handy um and and basically in, in essence the um sort of leading up to this before while he's off doing that is obviously the the little village with the the the, the daughter and the dad basically gets attacked by the deepkin because obviously they're mm. in essence they're pissed off that people have come across their city <laughs> and and started taking things um and so you you know you get to see it, it's a nice thing because you get to see like how some of the things that we've spoken about before work like for example you it's basically you, you see reavers and thralls for the first time and obviously it describes in detail the fact that you know the they've got no you know they've got no eyes and they're you know they're mm. this sort of weird 
beautiful combination of, of, of things. And we basically see a soul render for the first time. Ooh. So they're the ones obviously yeah. uh, take the souls, the ones with the big lantern and the big scythe, basically, um, mm. uh, which in turn ends up uh, basically putting her dad in a comatose state. If you remember from the law, that's what they do when they suck the souls of people. They basically make them fall. They don't kill them as such. They basically make, knock them out and make them go to sleep. So that's basically what happens to him. Um, and what is, and then you, we see what's is really interesting. You see a queen. Um, I've forgotten her mm. name now. That's it. Petra. She's called, uh, she's a queen of the, of the Morphan, uh, enclave. And what's oh. really cool is that, and it gets hinted at quite a few times throughout this short story is the, mm. as we know from obviously the fact that the Deepkin are down there and they obviously they got away from Sinesh and, and they obviously they don't feel things. Like there's this moment where she's obviously crying at her dad's, you know, comatose body mm. and the soul run render says to the queen, I'm like, and you can tell that the way he's saying it in a very sort of monotone way is like, I feel pity. I feel <laughs> sorrow, you know, like, like he's like, these mm. are alien things to him. He's like, I, 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 you know, I'm almost feeling and, and almost the queen is like, yes, you would be feeling pity and sorrow, you know, because of what <laughs> you've done, but you did the right thing, <laughs> you know, so mm. don't worry about it. And like, and it's quite funny because even the queen um, is comes across she almost comes across like a dark elf she's got like very like long mm. dark hair which you wouldn't you know it sort of necessarily expect the way well, to me that's the way she's sort of described and then if you switch it back to this particular city this um you know the mer- where the merchants are um you've got this lovely scene between uh johnson the 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 caradron overlord and mm. this ogre and basically this there's this ogre uh <laughs> this female ogre called murag who basically runs this sort of like antiques bi- business <laughs> effectively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what she does <laughs> is she gets johnson to go out and acquire stuff with whatever way and then she buys it off him basically you know so okay. that's the deal they've got uh and it's great because you've got this lovely scene where like her her place is is uh basically guarded by grots um mm. and they're they're often off their heads basically on various drugs and combinations of stuff mm. um and and what's like it what's really cool is because obviously because she's an ogre and the way her sort of shop is that they, and obviously him being a character on Overlord and being, and you've got this like group of grots to sort of mm. playing poker or something, you know, just off, off their heads <laughs> and stuff. They, they feel like they're in a, in a, like an, like a weird room because obviously they're all really small yeah. and obviously the room's really big. They feel like they're like, they're like, really <laughs> sh- like even more shrunk than they are compared to an ogre. And she's like, the way that she gets described, she's got like this like big belly and it's like they're grumbling away. And like, whilst, whilst mm. while they're talking their deal out, she's there like eating something and like, she's ripped a man in half and all, you know, all this sort of stuff that mm. you would expect her to do. Um, and basically Johnson is freaked out by the fact that he's got this, he's nicked this stuff from the deep. Because basically what he's done is he's, he's taken some trinkets, like he's like got an exotic sword and all that. But the yeah, key thing that yeah. he's taken is the coral. You know, if you remember, uh, from, is it the corallium or something like that? Mm. You know, the, where the souls are basically in coral. And obviously mm. that's their, you know, taken away. So Sinesh can't get to them basically. So, um, so I suppose it's like AOS soul stones, isn't it really? <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, basically he's like freaking out. He's like, look, I'm selling this to you. I'm, or, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't want any more mm. for, I'm, I'm literally doing a runner 
And then obviously then the Deepkin appear and it's great because you obviously get to see how the Deepkin fight, you know, where like tides are appearing and mm. it, like you've got this lovely, again, this lovely scene where he's sort of walking along, like, because obviously in his head he's get he wants to get to his ship. He's like, I want to get out of here. And so you've got this sort of surreal situation where he's like seeing floating sharks and floating <laughs> eels and he's like, am I dreaming? Like he thinks, he, and then it's like you got this slow motion scene where like this other character on Overlord like pulls their gun out and shoots a shoots a, a deepkin mm. in the head, and it's like and then obviously everything just like snaps back, and he's like, oh yeah. no no shit, this is real. <laughs> there's, there's literally um, so he does a runner basically, and then like the orcs like and the dispossessed like join in and obviously defend the city, and then you got this great thing where he's there going to the. Um, uh, you know, a bit up to his ship and obviously where his crew are. And, mm. and then he's like, Oh, phew. You know, he's like looking back and it, it it's described as like, um, a sandcastle getting surrounded by water, you know, like you would see <laughs> on a beach. And that's basically what's happening to Ooh. the city. Yeah. Um, cause obviously they're getting slowly devoured by uh, the deepkin from a, like a soul mm. perspective and obviously killed. Uh, what's great is he's like, whoo, you know, like, and then he turns around and like, he's got this, uh, he's like, wait a minute, that's a flying turtle. He's like, literally, he's, he's miles in the air and there's like, there's this Leviathan just like, like, and then he's chasing him and it's great because he's like, he's, they're obviously firing back and obviously mm. as per the rules, they've got a protective shield. So like, you know, yeah, it's bouncing yeah. off the, off this protective shield. And then obviously the, the soul render and the queen sort of jump on um, and, you know, obviously take out his crew and obviously sort of like they stab him in the shoulder, like, so like put mm. him in place. Um, and as you'd expect, they, you know, they take his soul. Um, mm. You know, it's like one of those sort of things. Like the last see, last thing he sees is the light of the lantern, and um, and basically what they what they're doing because they're so pissed off from obviously what they've done by stealing and things mm. like that. Literally, the whole city down there. The, all, they're taking all the souls. They're like, yeah, oh, you know, like Dwarden souls. You'll you'll um, you'll keep. Sorry, you'll make a deepkin family really happy because obviously the mm. parents of these children whose souls are like withering away as we know from the deepkin law yeah like, ah you know your soul is gonna basically make their child you know mm. full and things like that yeah. it's really like it's, it is bored and very creepy <laughs> and then it in, and then in the end it sort of ends up with going back to thalia the the, the daughter where mm. it's very it, it, it ends on a very sad way because she's back in the village her dad mm. her mum's obviously clearly died years ago her dad is now gone effectively because he's now in a, a permanent comatose state and mm. she's like that's what the sea does to you it sort of takes things away from you and it's like Whoa, the end wow. <laughs> it's like oh, wow that was grim <laughs> <laughs> that was grim um and the last thing i would say is it does make reference to some of the bigger world things like you get referenced in the gash mm. uh sanesh and archaeon as well in mm-hmm. the sense that when Morag the ogre and Johnson are talking. They're basically saying like, "Oh, where did where did how did you get the plans? Oh, it's the the Skaven plans. Like, were they give, were they looking to give it to Nagash or Archeon? And It's like, oh, we don't want to know. You know, it's like that sort of situation. It's <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I found it a really good read. And like I said it's if you like your Deepkin or you want to read early Deepkin, uh, it's really good. And I suppose yeah. now we've got we know we know we've got a full scale deepkin novel on the <laughs> yeah. horizon oh i'm so I'm, excited for that i can't oh. wait <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cover that one <laughs> yeah absolutely uh right so what's your um other short story okay. that you covered yeah uh so uh interesting enough for anyone who has the particular book i'm reading from i chose the very first story and the very last story um <laughs> so uh my second story is the outcast by josh reynolds um mm. 
Yes, good old, good old Mr. Reynolds, uh, doing his fantastic <laughs> work as always. Uh, so this one is, I think, really interesting. Uh, it deals with a character I don't know too much about, uh, which is Dryka Hammerdreth from the Sylvan F. Um, okay. Yeah, you, you know Dryka, right? She's the, uh, the big tree revenant with, well, like, all the bees. Uh, the one, the one that's going mental. The one, yeah, like, the one that's like, yeah. she's just screaming. Yeah, yeah, going mental with all the bees coming out of her shoulders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not the bees. Um, <laughs> so this, uh, this I guess would technically tie into some of the plague, uh, the plague war stuff. Not plague war, uh, plague garden stuff, uh, because it deals <laughs> with uh, yeah, and wrong universe. Uh, because it deals with Nurgle's assault on Gyran, uh, and. Mm. I absolutely adore this for one thing and one thing only, and that is the Order of the Fly. I need <laughs> the Order of the Fly to be a thing. I need a kit of Blight Kings on, like, these withered, disease-racked horses, and I need it to be amazing, because, oh, <laughs> oh, it's it's beautiful. Um, Let's see, so our, f- our main character's name, what's his name? Goral. And he is the Duke Seneschal, uh, who's been blessed personally by the Lady of Cankerwall and all these wonderful, awesome things, <laughs> like all this <laughs> nurgly stuff that sort of ties in. Because, like, there's, there's a lot of stuff, if we're being frank, that I'm really interested to see a lot more of that, you know, yeah. Josh Reynolds has sort of expanded on the Nurgle influence in Gyran with. Like, the Lady of Cankerwall is talked about a lot. She's this Nurgle sorceress. She's this incredible prophet. She sees things. Uh, she is this rotten lady clad in this decayed finery, but we don't really know anything about her besides she has visions of the future and she's like some kind of <laughs> saint to the Order of the Fly, like they all seem to worship and venerate her. Uh, but this guy in particular, Goral, actually bears her favor. Uh, she gave him, or saw fit to give him, I should say, uh, a generational axe that's been in her family for decades and decades and decades and was touched by Nurgle himself. Uh, so he's got this axe called Life Biter and it's interesting because it's it's one of those typical Nurgle weapons that rots away at anything it touches but it also like to encourage you to battle it like digs these little splinters into your hands to try and get you to move it around more and stuff like that it's almost got a life of its own uh which kind of reminds me of like the old demon weapon stuff uh which i always loved in like the older editions of 40k if you had a demon weapon it would force you to make d6 extra attacks with it and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't not take these. The sword wants what it wants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they fight it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, basically, Sir Goral and his 77 men, because of course there's 77 of them, uh, mm-hmm. have been, have been tasked <laughs> to march into the writhing wield, which is this, this area of Gyran that is a, a lot darker and creepier than, uh, a, than most of Gyran is. And, you know, Knights, knights parties upon knights parties have ventured into here heroically to try and cleanse the taint of life from this forest. <laughs> and they've all disappeared and never been heard from again. But, you know, he's blessed by the Lady of Cankerwall. He's going to get it done. He is obviously the hero of this story. And he really thinks of himself like that. He, I love the Order of the Fly so much because they are this classic knight in their head. It's, it's the same with, thing mm. with Flesh Eater Courts. Fleshy to Courts yep. and the Order of the Fly both, they genuinely believe in chivalry. They genuinely believe in these acts of good and honor and everything. And like honoring in, you know, the Fleshy to Courts in the case, their ancestors in the Gash with these acts in the case of the Order of the Fly, honoring Nurgle with these acts of chivalry and good. 
they believe they're generally doing good. And then you like pull out mm. from their mind's eye and you see this massive diseased man with a hoof for one leg and, you know, holding a rusted <laughs> axe, sitting on a horse that looks like it's about to fall over <coughs> from leprosy. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and it's also a little bit of a horror short. Uh, okay. because again, these guys are the protagonists. Imagine, imagine the film Aliens, but instead of the colonial marines, it was a bunch of blight kings and their marauder buddies. <laughs> and instead of the aliens, it was a bunch of, uh, it was a bunch of branch wraiths and, um, in particular the, uh, the tree revenants, like the spite revenants yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, because this is called The Outcast, it focuses on the, uh, the aspects of the Sylvaneth that Alariel would rather forget exist. Uh, in particular, <laughs> Dryka, because she's uncontrollable. She's, I don't actually know a lot about her, so I don't know why in particular she's an outcast. I know she's meant to be like the first daughter of Alariel and everything, uh, but she's out of control or whatever. So Alariel has banished her to this distant wood to sleep until she's needed, effectively. And the same with all the spite <laughs> revenants. Alariel doesn't like them. They're outcasts and weird, and the rest of the Sylvaneth go, ugh, gross. Yeah, you, you got your elf <laughs> form showing. Put that away. Get some wood on you. Um, <laughs> it's what it, it, yeah, it's what it feels like, honestly. <laughs> Cover up that elf. <laughs> like, honestly, I was looking at the, uh, the Iltari's Guardian box <laughs> earlier. I'm like, they're not wearing shirts. <laughs> they're, they're, showing, they're showing their spirit. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. Put some bark on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yeah. No. Um, it, it's that, it's, it focuses more on those creepy aspects of the Sylvaneth. Um, and again, it is, again, for me, the driving part is the great character in Nurgle. Cause you've got Goral, you've got his loyal hound master, Uktor, who is this, who is this sort of, he, he is, he is of lowborn blood, but he's been a worthy friend these 70 years they've been together or whatever. And he's got these big antlers sprouting and he's in that classic sort of gamekeeper outfit, but just covered in mushrooms and rot and everything. And he's the houndmaster. Mm-hmm. So there's all these decaying, barely held together chaos hounds gambling around and like, oh yeah, chaos hounds are really creepy. And the first thing one of them does is it jumps onto Garal's horse to lick his face. And I'm like, oh. Oh, they're actually really cute. <laughs> these little, <laughs> these little pestilent, mangy, horrible things. Um, again, it's that, it's that spark of like humanity and like relatableness that Josh Reynolds often gives to the chaos side of, uh, the Warhammer universe that I really, really like here. Like this, they're playing into a stereotype and at some level they know they're doing it, but they mm-hmm. also genuinely believe it, which is really sort of, Pulls the heartstrings. Hello, kitten. The cats make it noise. Uh, <laughs> don't don't start yelling at me. I see you. I see you thinking. Not about now. It. We're recording. Not now. We're recording. Um, and if, effectively, you know, they they venture deep into this forest, and uh, their quest is to bring civilization to these barbaric lands. Uh, which again, ironic. They're chaos forces rampaging through a realm controlled by an order god. And going, there's no civilization here. There's no order here. We need to bring that in. <laughs> you know, we gotta, we've gotta build settlements and ranches and plant crops. I guess, like, he, like he's literally <laughs> trying to make the land fertile for Nurgle's garden. He's he's of the he's of the sort of colonial conqueror is almost how he hmm. sees himself. You know, he's come to this wild, savage place and he's going to tame it by the dark gods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which is all great. He's 
he's not too overblown as well, which I feel would maybe make me like him a bit less, but like there's that tinge of realism in himself. Like every time he has a hopeful thought, he's like, I'm not actually allowed to have that, but I, I can't deny that I feel hope occasionally. And so it's okay to hope as long as I inflict <laughs> despair and I occasionally feel despair and remember what despair is. Cause that's what Nurgle's all about. Obviously mm-hmm. he's a God who feeds on despair and sort of that rotten putrefaction and, and not change, but stagnation is more his thing. Um, but, like, making these characters very, very human. They're on this wonderful quest. Everything's going swimmingly. Uh, you know, they've, they've captured some dryads to find the locations of the heartstones that sort of keep this area of forest resistant to Nurgle's taint. And they're there, and he's he's there in the heartstones. He's just fought this tree lord, and, you know, he thinks fatally injured it. He sends it crashing to the ground with a blow to the face and turns around because all he has to do is plant his axe in these stones, and the deed is done. And yes, he'll just sort of take this moment and he turns around, the tree lord's gone. And he can't have that, that's an insult to his honour, so he has to give chase. <laughs> it doesn't matter that the lady of the Kankawal told him, the only thing you need to do is take your axe to these stones. That's fine, there's time for that, but honour comes first. You have to do things correctly. You have to be a man of yeah. your word. And, and you know, he challenged, challenged this tree lord to a duel to the death, and he didn't kill it yet. So he has to go do that first. Uh, which is when things go rapidly downhill, uh, because this is about the time Dreyka wakes up, and things get really, really creepy. Uh, because, <laughs> have you, have you, this is, this is more of a personal question. Matt, have you ever been, like, out in the woods, sort of early evening or very early morning when it's starting to get dark, or it's in that sort of dusky thing, and then- Yeah, the, I think it, not, the not recently. Grow? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think I've experienced that that uh, wonderment at some point mm. as, as a child. Yeah. Like it, it's <laughs> it's a fascinating place to be, and it's, it's wonderful for us at least to be in nature. And it's probably good for us. I should do it more. Uh, but there is also like that feeling of unease because there's trees everywhere. You can't see further than a few feet in certain directions. And if you're there at dusk, which thanks Year Nine Camp for doing that to me, uh, it's getting really dark. <laughs> And it turns out the forest at night is super creepy. Uh, <laughs> who would have known? And, yeah, who would have known uh, that we would be afraid of the dark, uh, us diurnal creatures? <laughs> uh, but, you know, even, even the follow of Nur- followers of Nurgle aren't, like, immune to this. They're brave. They're doing their best to push on. But, like, he looks over his men. He's worked with these people for years. And he can tell that they're not, they're not 100% here. Like, they're feeling it as well. He feels fear himself. Uh, and he, he thinks that's a good thing, because again, that's that little bit of despair seeping in. That's, that in itself is sort of an act of worship to Nurgle. Uh, and you know, it's all well and good until spite revenants pour out of a lightning struck tree stump and start tearing people to ribbons. And we, <laughs> we, we essentially get that point in the, about the middle of the aliens movie where they've gone deep into the reactor and they're like, I don't see any aliens. They're all around us, but I don't see any. And one just pulls itself out from the wall and grabs one of the privates and just tears them in half. It's, it's that moment, but it's a bunch of spite revenants coming out of the goddamn trees. They're coming out of the goddamn trees. Uh, it, it really feels like the film a lot like that. Um, and just starting to tear all these blight kings and marauders and chaos hounds to pieces. Um, and I think the creepiest bit, and I feel this is part of why spite revenants are outcasts, is, uh, Goral hears, uh, Ukta, his hound master, uh, calling him to sort of lead him back to the heartstone so they can 
tear them down, be done with this, and then go find the tree lord. Like, honor has its limits. You gotta do some things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you gotta do what's practical to do what's honorable, etc. And he finds Ukta and he's like, oh, that's funny, you're not on your horse. Why are you standing there halfway behind that beech tree? And then Ukta pokes out, and the spite revenants have used their spirit claws to, like, puppeteer him. Like, they've sent oh, roots amazing. and tendrils through him, and they're moving his mouth and pressing in his chest to make him speak in, like, a rough <laughs> facsimile of his voice. It's like, this way, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they've done their bit. They've inflicted horror and despair, so they tear him to shreds, go after Garal on his horse again. Um, it's very touching, like actually quite genuinely sad moment where uh, the horse gets caught in some roots that have started growing and tangling around its legs. Uh, and, you know, it gets stuck and Garal's trying to, like, cut all the roots away with his horrible Nurgle axe to try and, like, free it. And it's just not enough. Like, the roots get it, they pull it down into the ground and, you know, he's like, fight, you stupid beast, fight! And then he realizes it can't fight anymore. You have to do what's honorable and good. And he kills his horse and is genuinely sad about it because he didn't like suffering is all well and good when it's Nurgle's suffering, when it's suffering, you can take joy in, but it's not good to leave someone to suffer if they're being slowly torn apart by these roots from the inside. That's not, Mm. that's not a good thing to do to like a horse. You can't let your horse be like that. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, I'm feeling these genuine emotions about this horrible chaos warlord. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who spent decades just ravaging the forces of good and corrupting everything he finds, but he's human. He loves his horse. He loves his servants and his and his friends, and he's horrified by what's going on, and he's going to make it right. <laughs> um, and he manages to make his way back to the glade where all the heartstones are, and then Dryka actually appears, and she is terrifying. Like, he left some people there to start pulling down the stones, and he comes back, and it's no one's there. They're all gone, except for one person's sword, Lord uh, uh, Sir Culgus, I think his name was. His sword is just sticking out of the ground, like, hilt up, almost like a grave marker. And as he watches, it slowly gets swallowed down into the ground. And then he realizes there weren't all these little hills and hillocks uh, in this glade when we were here last. Sort of (laughs) scrapes some dirt aside, and there's all these dead bodies, like, under the grass, slowly being pulled deeper into the roots. And we get we get some stuff from Dracus' perspective as well. A lot of angsty. Why doesn't Mom love me? I am the rage. I am the, you know, the the fear, the horror of the Sylphanep, etc. Stuff like Dracus is a tragic figure. She genuinely wants to be accepted back in Sylphanep society, but something in her prevents her from making that connection. Like she often reaches out to the Heartstones, but stops herself at the last second because she can't. She's literally not allowed by Lariel's word to re-enter Sylvaneth's song effectively. Oh, interesting. Which, yeah. Mm. She, she is outcast. She is cut off from all that is Sylvaneth, except when she's needed to defend them, and obviously pisses her off. Um, But, you know, at this point, Dryka sneaks up on him, they have a duel, and he's like, if all I can do is get my axe into that stone, I've won. And he drops it. And his last thought as he's pulled into the earth is, maybe this was Nurgle's plan all along. Maybe that's why the <laughs> Lady of Kankerwall was sad when she gifted this axe to me because she seemed a little sorrowful, which is odd when you're giving a knight your favor, all that kind of stuff. And so he dies and he's not happy about it, uh, I would say, but he's not necessarily <laughs> completely, completely out of his mind about it because his, his thought is that axe is so horrifically baleful 
that um, it is maybe the tiny unnoticed nick that will cause a festering infection to spread. You know, it's like, mm, maybe maybe from my defeat, victory will eventually come, but I understand that I personally have lost. You know, and that despair he feels, again, he thinks is a good thing, because Nurkle loves despair. Even in his dying moments, he's of use, at least, to his god. Um, mm. And it ends with Alariel actually ordering Dryker to go to sleep, like, through that connection all Sylvaneth has, have, uh, Dryker, even though she's cut off, can feel it arrow going, you know, the danger's gone, return to rest, and Dryker refuses, and effectively <laughs> goes on the war march, and that's the end of that story. Uh, it's really, oh, really, amazing. yeah, it's really great. She's like, no, I refuse, I'm the outcast, I'm the raging fire that will cleanse these woods, and then marches <laughs> off with all the spite revenants, are like, oh... Don't know a lot about her, but she's cool. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, just just the humanity in those noble knights, I think, is what really spoke to me. As you can probably hear from all the gushing I've done over the last (laughs) fifteen minutes about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, that sounds amazing. That really does. That Mm. sounds like I feel like I want to. Yeah, yeah. Read that. What's it called again? Uh, It is called the Outcast by Josh Reynolds. Outcast, yeah. Thing. Cool. Let's right. see. It was published in a compilation called Sylvaneth first, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got, oh, I've got cool. the big oh. compilation book with like multiple factions, but yeah. if you can find it, oh. Sylvaneth should have it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that then because I really want to read that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite funny, actually, you, you saying all like, you know, the, 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 the story you've chosen to do because mm. it's because what I'm about to talk about, uh, which is called the garden of mortal delights, um, oh. is Sylvaneth, but obviously rather than dealing with Nurgle, they're dealing with Sinesh uh. in this <laughs> essence. And, Oh God, I love this one so much. Mm. <laughs> I really, this is what I was raving about, um, to you earlier in the week. I'm like, I can't wait to talk about this one. And it's sort <laughs> of similar to me. It's similar to what you were talking about the outcast. You know, we like, I really yeah. dig this. And this one, I really, really dig. It is such, I, I chose it at random. It was just one that I went on, went on Amazon, thought, right, Kindle, I'm just going to buy a short story and see, you know, see how it goes. It's by, uh, Robert Rath, um, mm. who I don't think he's done much to be honest. I think this is one of his first things he's done for Black Library. Um, he's a freelance writer and yeah. he has nailed this one. Right. <laughs> so let me set the scene. Okay. So as we know, like, like you said with like obviously Nurgle and Sinesh, where there's obviously this sort of, mm. you know, in the realm of life, this is backwards and forwards. So this is set in the same, in the realm of life, but basically this Sinesh warlord called Revish, mm. uh, Revish, the, Epicurean, um, and <laughs> Ooh, that's quite tasty. a key word. Yes, yeah. in, this, uh, in the context he, uh, of this story, does he eat a and, lot of people? <laughs> uh, well, no, but that. Well, it, this is sort of this is one of the key <laughs> things of this uh, particular short story. Mm. So, so basically, Epicurean, Epicurean <clears throat> in is basically I think uh, like Latin or or something mm. for basically like someone that likes to indulge or overindulge yeah. in food and drink, yeah. basically. Um, <clears throat> so, so basically this mm. Sneshi warlord Revish, he has basically taken over a particular part, uh, obviously in Slanesh, uh, sorry, not Slanesh, mm. Sylvaneth territory. Yeah. So basically yeah. He's, he's built this little fort, you know, he's been, you know, he's been warring for years, you know, he's, he's a wall, he's a Sneshi warlord. He's got his army with him. And basically he's sort of camped out in this particular part of, uh, of the Sylvaneth realm and basically what he's done he's he's got a branch 
witch uh, by the name mm. of Wild Curdwen. Uh, and basically, like, she, she's his prisoner. Okay. Mm. And what he's done is he's using her plus a combination of about 20 dryads um, that basically he, what, what he's done to these dryads is they've all been decapitated. They've been shoved into the ground. Um, and basically they're then being adorned with different plants to basically grow loads of fruit. They're still, oh. they're still technically alive, <laughs> but mm. they're sort of in this comatose state because literally they've been beheaded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they've got like into the case where like the, their legs are still in the air or there's mm. a few of them that have been interwoven. So they form mm. like a trellis as well. Okay. It's this yeah. horrible scene. Oh, <laughs> basically, that's really creepy. <laughs> it's this 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 not this short story is really creepy but in a very cool way i must admit mm. um so yeah so he's basically and she, what, what obviously what's happening is that this branch witch is like become the i don't know the the gardener of this mm. of, of his garden because basically what's happened is that revish is basically like a lot of sinesh um warlords he's you know he's been there he's been you know reveling and uh, over excess and 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 killing but he's got bored of it now so basically Mm. he's got bored of killing and what he's now as i sort of alluded to earlier he's now got obsessed with eating um he's just not necessarily in in amount like as such not Mm. like in a gluttonous you know get huge sort of way not like in a no like a big great clean (laughs) one sort of way but just in a just absolutely excess of things being so so tasty and like oh Mm. have you tried Mm. this oh try this wine try try this fruit and things like that and he's just become absolutely obsessed with it now um he's he wears like this chrome mirrored armor so you can literally Mm. see your reflection uh (laughs) in it and basically so the, the the story kicks off with where he um like a like a a, you know a servant a slave has basically been found uh feeding in the in his oh. garden which obviously he's very pissed off about because that's his mm. food you know he's like no 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 you don't do that and like you've got this horrible bit where the all the slaves um especially the garden ones have all got padlocked mouths Ooh. as well yeah. um to stop them eating <laughs> basically <laughs> um so he's like, right, what do I do with this menial? You, you, we, we see his second in command, uh, a female character called, uh, uh, Sabalith, who's basically a hell strider. So she's mm-hmm. a mutated, you know, it's like those, um, sort of mutated snatch yeah. ones on, um, on, you know, like similar to seekers, basically. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they, you know, obviously to show what he's doing, he kills the menial in front of everyone and he's like, right, you know, throw, throw him somewhere and then basically the the branch witch goes no no don't no put him in you know don't you know that's it use him for fertilizer they say mm. like oh no no don't no don't use him for fertilizer put him in the hog trough okay <laughs> just pop him in there that's he, he'll he'll make your food taste horrible don't, ooh, don't do that and that plays in quite nicely to something a bit that happens mm. a bit later so he's they they put his body in the hog trough basically um obviously his second in command is like come on lord can you stop just mucking around eating can we get on and like <laughs> rampage please and go and take some you know take over um you know and he's like no nah, nah, yeah whatever we'll we'll get on with doing that at some point and it, and it sort of then focuses back on on the branch witch wild um we get to hear things like they don't use personal names because obviously they're you know mm. he, he doesn't even know what her name is as such really yeah. just, he's just just branch witch <laughs> basically mm. um and then you got then what you do is what then sort of happens is you get this very weird situation between revish the the warlord and the branch witch where this is almost slightly erotic mm. thing going on where he's 
like he's even though she's his prisoner, he's in awe of her because he remind mm. she reminds him of Demonettes, but yeah. the life version. So he mm. like this as in he sort of makes this sort of di- this parallel com- sort of comparison with with Demonettes that like that that like she's this sort of you know this uh, interesting looking female character mm. obviously she's made of wood and branches and things <laughs> like that but um and but you know he, he like i said he, he compares them to demonettes but he likes her more because rather than all about killing she's about giving life mm. effectively yeah um so and and, uh, and then it sort of transpires that he's basically when they took over and he imprisoned her he basically fought all through all the dryads that that mm. um that have been implanted as, as uh, <laughs> somewhere to grow his fruit that he fought through them all to get to her and he basically like rugby tackled her to, to sort of <laughs> to get to her like to take her down um mm. and then you sort of see where he's got like harem uh going on mm. in sort of his you know where he is at and obviously they have this sort of quite surreal conversation about oh so do you go there to to basically have children and he's mm. like no no i don't we don't bother having children we just you know, have the excess of the body basically. Mm. And he's like, and she's like, well, don't, don't you want an heir? You know, don't you want to have children? Um, and he's like, well, not, not really, not really thought about it to be honest. Um, <laughs> and then basically they go, uh, you know, carry on through walking through the garden. Uh, it sort of transpires that previously she's tried to poison him. Um, and, but what he does is he, he basically gives the fruit and food to menials to try it before, you know, like, kings mm. and queens have probably done in the past, you know, to yeah. see if they die before he, it gets to him. And even to the point where his chamber pot is checked as well, like the, <laughs> wow. the bits afterwards for it. Yeah. Um, and because she tried to, because he tried to poison him, basically he had a leg broken and then he mm. put an iron corkscrew into her leg. So it grew back at a weird angle. Uh, um, yeah. like, so he's, he's a pretty nasty mm. <laughs> warlord. Um, <laughs> and then basically what the the branch witch com- tries to convince him to to basically jo- like join together Sylvaneth and Sanesh to then take on Nurgle to sort of say okay. like wouldn't it be great rather than just having this little garden here? Well, imagine if you went over to Nurgle, beat him or beat his mm. forces, took over the place, and then you'd have an even bigger garden and would and you know <laughs> and then obviously makes reference to Alariel and he's like oh mm. you know, well if she doesn't want to take part then don't worry about it etc and then basically <laughs> she then g- g- sort of moves some soil across and, and shows him a soul pod um yeah. and then and then sort of says this could be our child together you know it's like this is really <laughs> s- surreal yeah. weird thing going yeah. on here like yeah this is our you know this could be our child look, you know look, and he's like looking into the soul pod and you can see something moving in there you know look mm. and basically you know Cameron, wouldn't you want to see Slaneshi dryads? He actually says that in the book, yeah, in, in the short story I'd, again. I'd be we really have, into that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could have Slaneshi dryads if we put our forces together. You know, I'll be making dryads. You Slaneshi, you know, you Slaneshi them up, and mm. wouldn't that be lovely? Uh, obviously, his second in command is really pissed off about this because, <laughs> you know, like, look, I just want to go out and rampage. If you don't want to go out and war, I'm going to take my Seekers and my Hell Striders, and we're, gonna mm. just, we're just going to disappear. Uh, again, he, all he cares about is obviously eating, and, and she's obviously saying to, like, the Branch Witch is manipulating you, and, you mm. know, which, which mm. she is, <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, he, and basically, his second in command says to him, so look, okay, Let's 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 sort things out. Go to the branch witch and say you want to eat the soul pot. And he's like, y- 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 what? <laughs> he's like, you know, this this will be a true test. See how she reacts when you go to eat it. So he goes to the garden, goes to says, okay, I want to eat it. And she's like, 
what? You know, and obviously the branch witch is sort of does put up a bit of a uh, argument mm. about it. And she's like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, you, you eat it then. So then he takes a bite into the soul pod and then it turns out like inside is like a big grub basically mm. and it rips his face apart um, <laughs> so it. sort of like you know as he's eating into it like it sort mm. of like it burrows into his face um and obviously that's the whole part of the plan is to mm. obviously get mm. she knew he would he'd want to eat it at some point so yeah then that's <laughs> what it says. so 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 the rich the, the witch um starts running away obviously um to the point because she's basically what she's had she had an iron collar on her to obviously mm. keep with sort of magical powers to sort of keep her sort of subdued basically but what she's been doing for the whole like last because she's been in prison for about a year so for the last year mm. she's been putting a little bit of salt water in the lock uh. every single day and slowly mm. that's made it so she can literally just rip it off herself mm. and then as she's running away she basically turns into like an old hag of a branch witch because basically what she's been doing, she's been magically making herself look younger and more mm. appealing to yeah. sort of play on the fact this sort of again this slightly sexualized erotic mm. thing going on. Um, so sh- she runs away. Obviously they they chase after her, and then obviously there's fights between you know the her and and obviously she at this point she's trying to you know get the the dryads you know going. She's like sync using her spirit song i think they call mm. to sort of you know to res to basically turns it to it actually makes reference to like necromancy because the dryads are sort of in this weird half dead state because obviously they've been decapitated she's sort of trying to raise them from the from the mm. dead so to speak mm. to sort of fight etc now this is the key thing she's sort of running back to uh his sort of uh his camp basically cause she wants to grab her uh like war scythe and things like that <clears throat> mm. and basically what she's done the reason, like this is the, this sort of, it's twofold. What she's been doing is the 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 you know the the menial that got killed uh, yeah. that he, he executed for for basically stealing. And the reason she said go to, to put him in the hog trough rather than anything is that basically what she did is she, she got him in trouble. Really, he didn't just mm. go and eat it. She stuffed loads of stuff like loads of fruit in his mouth basically uh, under the padlock and basically what that's happened she's implanted him like with with like a mm. like a soul pod type of thing basically and okay. then what happens he he literally rips apart and turns into a tree lord <laughs> basically she's <laughs> wow. implanted a tree lord in his body and then it rips up and obviously you know helps defend her against mm. obviously the sanesh warriors at the same time what's been happening is she's been feeding him fruit obviously and obviously mm. like i made reference to his chamber pot basically is is shit so basically mm. she's they've been throwing it off the the, the side of the fort and obviously yeah. what's happening is that's turned into dryads like brand new dryads <laughs> so they all res at the same time and start oh, fighting so you've got this sort of it's, yeah <laughs> she's basically been concocting this all together um and then it ends up basically where the tree lord rips the place apart his second of command is sort of they think she's not dead as in she's done a runner mm. you know and, and gone off to form her own basically you know her own army um and it basically ends up with where he goes back to his sort of throat what would be his throne room and obviously finds uh the branch witch there and you know oh, i'm gonna kill you and he's like she's like no you're not and then obviously all the dryads then come in which he which he basically says oh this is our daughters because obviously mm. she's implanted you know because it's literally gone through his digestive system they've yeah you know, it's part of him in there as well you got this, mm. you get this weird like thing where like these are these are our daughters and basically it then 
it, it ends in the sense where it sort of talks about right this place because it's basically an island is called like Witch Island, and basically okay. if you travel there, you know it talks about all the the places. But the key thing it says is that if you travel there, you'll find a suit of armor obviously mirrored armor that's been melted into a tree and it's <laughs> its skull is screaming so oh, it basically wow. gets all melted yeah. into a tree gets it real love bad it. <laughs> that's yeah. so good love it it's oh such God. a good story it's so that now. freaky yeah it's called the uh, the the uh the garden of mortal delights i think it's quite recent i think it's sort of yeah. in the last sort of 6 months or so it's quite a recent mm little story i loved it it's freaky mm. <laughs> like it's got very very sort of but it's just great <laughs> it's just such a yeah just such a yeah. great little short story so yeah awesome. that was it so well i hope you've enjoyed uh listening to these little summaries of these little <laughs> short stories i say go check them out they're all on well mine are on like kindle for example i don't think they've got physical copies but you can find mm. them on like black library and obviously amazon etc and obviously cameron's ones are in as part of uh, a uh, an actual physical version yeah as well. but yeah i'm sure you can get them on ebooks and you know mm. short stories and all that sort of stuff so yeah and it, and it oh, i get one last thing before we take a break <laughs> is it just shows what you can do, even with a short story, 20, you know, 30, oh, yeah. 40 pages, you can do some great little awesome AOS stories. Mm. And I'm sure there's more out there <laughs> to, oh, yeah, to read as well. <laughs> it's really cool. Right. Like I said, we're going to take our last little break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some vehicles back soon. And we're back. Uh, it's time to discuss stuff. Hence, yes. we call this the discussion topic, <laughs> and we <laughs> this is going to be forty k. And as we said, this is going to be about vehicles. Um, I think the, the we were sort of saying the original plan for this was to talk about vehicles in general, and not just what our favourites were, but just sort of mm. just how we what we think. Um, I think what we're going to do is we'll probably do a in, more in depth vehicle forty k vehicle mm. lore topic in yeah. the future, maybe we'll pick some <laughs> some vehicles, maybe like things like dreadnoughts and things like that, and so in sort of go into a bit in depth because um, what sort of happened is we basically threw out the question um what is your favorite Warhammer forty k vehicle and why and uh, not going to beat around the bush. We've had a lot of responses to this, especially yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> it's very popular. <laughs> so I think really what we'll do is we'll spend this section reading out people's responses and obviously just, you know, briefly talking about them as we go. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll won't hang around too much because there is quite a lot to go through. Yes. Um, but before we do Twitter, we will mm. do Discord because yep. we've got yep. a few responses on there as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I said, that was the question that was thrown out. Um, I'll I'll kick it off if you want. Okay, yeah, go um, So this is uh, Smells Like Zero Spirit. Um, I've always loved the Land Speeder. Super fast and not very sturdy looking, but so 40k. A flying big old gun. <laughs> I particularly remember a great looking couple in Howling Griffin's colour, uh, colors in white dwarf in the 90s mm. and what he's linked to is actually that very famous yes. howling griffin's oh, army from goodness. like i said back in the 90s probably my favorite yeah. ever looking army when oh, i was growing yeah. up into warhammer i love that i think it was from memory it was done by a at the time a guy that was either working or had connections to yeah. the games workshop in bristol uh, in the, here in the uk um and it's glorious and yeah. he's right Land speeders are cool. <laughs> Part of my brain wants to say it was done by Robin Crudders, but I don't know if that's right. 
Uh, maybe. maybe. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Something like that. Who knows? It, it is a glorious army. Find the picture if you can. Um, Tresillion yeah. says... Yeah. Oh, no, it's Fre- Fred oh, Reed. Fred Sorry, Reed. It, just, yeah, it says at the go. bottom. It says at the bottom. Oh, that's helpful. Um, he won, actually, the 1994 Golden Demon Space Marine Trophy. Yeah, good. He deserves so. it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Tresillion says, Eldar jet bikes for me. Always love that sleek look, they really fit thematically with the rest of the faction. But the old school first edition Land Raiders are a close second. I love those rhomboid tracks and the whole chunky look is so perfect for forty K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Metal boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Eldar bikes. Oh, I used to love mm. that. Yeah. yeah. I used to love that uh, uh that like you said that uh First Land Raider. It was mm. damn good. Like I said, it was so chunky, but so cool as well. <laughs> uh, right, next is Red Shadow. Uh, always asking the hard questions. I really do like the Bane Blade. The idea of a giant mobile fortress just appeals to me. Close second is the Vindicator. The Dozer Blade and Cannon really has that 40k flavour to mm-hmm. me. Yep, I would totally agree with that. Oh, man. Yep. They just re-released the Vindicator in store. Uh, not the Vindicator, the Bane Blade box set in stores today, I think, actually, for Apocalypse. Because I saw a couple... Uh, yep. in, in box. It's a big box. There's so many variants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like eight, isn't it? Eight? Yeah. Six or eight? I, th- like I that. think it's about eight. There's so many. Like <laughs> it's that. a bit it's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Commodore Sleepy, keeping it simple. <clears throat> they just say Titans. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, well, we're already raving about uh, yeah. Titans in the past, and yeah, mm. they're. They're cool. <laughs> uh, Alan says, when someone mentions mobile fortresses, I always think of the squat land train or uh, the Leviathan from Epic. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but my favourite has to be Thunderwolves. Do they count as vehicles? Followed closely by the Eldar, Falcon and Jet Bikes. Nice. Yep, so another vote for the mm-hmm. Eldar Jet Bikes. Yep, 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 they're pretty good. They're a classic. Um, mm. Then Mef uh, says, I really love the Drukhari Raiders and Venoms. Nothing more metal than a bunch of bloodthirsty space pirates hanging from nothing but rails and chains, travelling at insane speeds while shredding and skewering anything that gets in their way. Yeah. Mm, true story. Uh, they, they also, <laughs> they really hit that sleek aesthetic for the Eldari stuff in general, but like, I feel like the accessory level is perfect. Eldar can sometimes look a little plain, but Drukhari, mm. Drukhari's where it's at for fashion. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. And also, Commodore Sleepy sort of adds from his previous one, uh, mm. I have a soft spot for the Stormhammer super heavy tank because it featured in the first ever battle report I read. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like it when it sort of has a, like a historic connection mm. or, you mm. know, reminisce yeah. situation. All right. That's really cool. Yeah, let's right. move it over to Twitter. Um, yeah, oh, here we go. Yeah, we'll start. Uh, we'll start the show with Mesgorov, a uh, friend of the show, a lovely lad who absolutely bunted me on that Libra Chaotica uh, two months early. But <laughs> no, 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 blo- yeah. no bad blood. Uh, he simply says, "Razorback." I see you are a fan. Mm-hmm. I see you're a fan of double assault cannons. Sir. That's all I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next is. Uh, at mm the blm that's uh my work colleague actually. oh lovely i uh, i sit opposite him every day at work <laughs> this is my work mate <laughs> um and he says has to be the workhorse of the astra militarum the lehman russ punish a variant for more daca uh, i think that's actually his as well in the photo oh really from memory it? he does some oh wow work. yeah that's it that's, that's yeah, so he, cool he showed me that at work. oh my yeah, god he converted that one you just it's, strapped um, a vulcan mega bolter and put the uh the australian banner bear on top Oh my god, that's yeah, so awesome! He's, he, yeah, he's because he's got some Vestorians that he wants to. Yeah, he's looking potentially to get you know back up to speed with. So <laughs> just the idea of yeah. wood wood paneling on a 
on a battle tank is hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, my god, that's a great that's job. That's incredible. That. Um, hey, coming back for this for the second episode in a row, it's Stephen Rhodes <laughs> at Rhodes underscore rights. <laughs> Uh, he chimes in with, this is a tough question. I think Dreadnoughts might just win it for me, but Land Raiders and Exorcists are also sweet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel personally, Dreadnoughts are probably the most iconic 40k vehicle for me, but Land Raiders yeah. are up there too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, well, that's the thing. I think we're going to see a common theme with mm. some of these. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next is Hobbyist Girl uh, at Hobbyist Girl. Uh, they see me rolling, they flatten, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's a, uh, what particular one is that again? Uh, that is the battle roll, uh, the death roller battle wagon, I believe. Ah, yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. So, yeah, good choice. Mm-hmm. Good lyrics. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Micah at Rugby Skin says, Dark Eldar Raider. The look tells you everything you need to know about their style of gameplay. It's a joy to build and lots, capital letters, of spare bits. Mm, I did not know about the spare bits. Spell bits is good. No. Delicious bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next is Vincent Notley at Vincent Notley. Uh, and, well, I think if you follow him on Twitter, you know he has a particular vehicle that he has a very soft spot for. And he says, yes. do I have to say it? Do I? It's not obvious. Uh, and then, obviously, people like the big uh, yeah. Sev uh, at Dave Base 2 <laughs> and Mr. Sketches of, of, uh, of uh, oh, no, that's a different, sorry, different thread. Different thread. <laughs> different thread. Different thread. Yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah, see, it's the, mm. um, what's it called? The Death Strike launcher, isn't it? Yeah, He's I'm pretty a, sure a that's his favourite. Of- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any excuse to include mm. it in anything. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Underscore Sketches at Sketches underscore Mr. Uh, favoured one of the show. Uh, simply says the Plague mm-hmm. Burst Crawler. Hell yeah. That mm. thing is awesome. Uh, I just don't have one yet. I should really get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next, the, the big Sev. Uh, at Dave Base 2 says, Orc Bubble Chucker, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, oh, wait, does that count? It's more a static gun than a vehicle, I guess. Ah, it counts. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a big Don't gun. It's it. got tracks. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Devon C at Three Day Pass says, look at those sweet angles, the economy of design compared to the huge bikes of the Custodes or the flashy smooth Eldar bikes. This is the Norton Commando <laughs> of jet bikes, and has posted a picture of the uh, Imperial Guard jet bike from Rogue Trader. Oh wow! Which <laughs> that, that is amazing. awesome. Um, God, what was it? I think it was a uh, Wib of Snipe and Wib actually converted one of those to have a an old Mini Marine riding it in one video. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, it it is a lovely <laughs> Imperial jet bike with I think twin <laughs> bolters and a needle gun. On the front? Yeah, looks like it. Yeah, it's a little it hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit grainy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, right, next. Um, I don't know, if we're probably in different orders here, but Maybe. Book, so there was one above that, which is uh, oh. Fabrizio D, Fab. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are in different orders. Uh, says the, <laughs> says the <laughs> Shadow Sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Good then uh, off the back uh, off the back of that snaz boss at smackface mcgee <laughs> says um, it is the bane blade in response bane to that blade. <laughs> bane blade all right uh so i guess going in my own order now we'll figure this out uh poke the bear at poke the bear 40k yep. says has to be a land raider 
They look awesome, and my first white dwarf, number 105, had them as an add-on ad on the back cover. Two for twelve ninety nine. Oh, oh, man. Bargain. God, Love those were the days. <laughs> they're £45 now. I mean, they're also <laughs> about the twice the size now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we'll let that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, next is uh, Andrew Bfeb, at Andrew Bfeb. Um So many choices, the difficulty is narrowing it down. Going with the current era of the game, mine would be the um, Astraeus Primaris Super Heavy. Uh, Classic-wise, my choice is the original Baneblade. That thing was a total beast. Yeah, so, it was. Baneblade getting another vote. What's the, mm-hmm. what is the, the Primaris Super Harry? Which one's okay. that one again? Uh, oh. So, imagine a Repulsor. Mm-hmm. Now, upscale it about three or four times. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it is It is a, essentially a mega Repulsor from Forge World. It is pretty Wait, ridiculous. Where is that, then? Um, where is it? Hold on. Let, let me find you a picture real quick. Hey, we're taking a quick segment break. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 yeah, da. For research purposes, <laughs> I'm just trying to think which one that is. Astraeus super heavy. Thank you, Google. Load, load, load. Yeah, Fast, say, good internet. Google. I'm googling it right now for you. I'm going to send you this in Discord real quick. Let me just find okay, an image. Thank you very much. <laughs> Don't want to get to check this out. I probably, I probably do know what it is. I just it doesn't. Yeah, you probably do. Um, let me just find it real quick. I'm going to post this in whichever Discord channel the app loads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Load. It's a game. I get... It's going in the card games Discord ch- channel. <laughs> no. There you go. It's there. That's the Astraeus. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I know the one. one. Yeah. I yeah, recognize yeah. that now. Yeah. There we go. Okay. But- Crisis yep. averted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. That was very, very good of you. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's next. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Schooner Labs at Schooner Labs. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Uh, says Admec Flyer. Oh, wait. Thinking emoji. <laughs> Look, they'll, they'll get one one day and it will be a proper flyer in that it will flap its wings to produce lift. Unlike these oh, dastardly imperial. Yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine? <laughs> It'd be like an was it ornithopter or yeah yeah ornithopter. I'm just imagining something like that. It'd be like a dreadnought, but there'd be a tech priest in the middle flapping his arms really hard and synced up with the wings (laughs) of the actual vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all for all in the all for the machine god. Like yes, (laughs) Uh, there's one above that I think I don't know. Again, we're in different orders here, but uh, Scarlet at Scarlet Kingdom. Uh, the Legion Glaive, because why have Volkite when you can just have more Volkite? I mean, that's a, a very valid. Yeah. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. And there's a, it's there's a long a, thread they've a gone on. <laughs> thread off that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously there's, uh, Maris Uliet at Chick Paint 88 makes reference to the, uh, the Fell Blade mm-hmm. as well. Hell so yes. yeah, best or ender would be the Glaive. So mm. yeah, awesome choice. Yeah. Uh, Lambert. Dice camera action. I'm going to guess what those emojis are. Uh, at Lambert yeah. 2191 says the Sakaran, any variant but the Arcus, is the best looking tank that Games Workshop or Forge World has ever produced. So damn pretty. Uh, mm, yeah. I, I agree with that. I really love the Sakaran, actually. It, it's actually. Mm, I do too. Basically the Astraeus on treads, now that I think about it, actually. That might have been a better mm. comparison. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, I think you're right. And that's why when I first, when you showed me the picture of the Australians, mm. I thought that's what it was. I thought, hang on, that looks like a Sakaran. Yeah. Because um, they're actually, again, quite popular as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're in, really good. In actual sort of competitive place and people end yeah. up using them. They're really cool. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, next is uh, Uncle Harrowmaster at Nactus Noctum. Uh, again, also says the Sakaran. It's a mm. great looking model and you can crip it in so many ways. Anyway, the best thing about it is that it has these awesome accelerator auto cannons, yep. which are assault weapons, so you can rush it forwards and annoy the warp out of your <laughs> opponent. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty good. Uh, Leaky Cheese featuring Dave at Leaky underscore Cheese, uh, pillar of the community, mm-hmm. says, Fellblade super yep. heavy tank, bonus points for Iron Hands Insignias. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, that's coming off the Legion Glaive. It looks really great. I love the um yeah. the old school big bubble turrets kind of looking yes. thing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh next is Darren, bisexual nerd and proud. He slash him <laughs> at Low Lostone or Lowstone mm-hmm. nineteen eighty. The humble rhino, the original workhorse of the human race long before the emperor declared his crusade. If you believe certain sources, the chassis are even uh, being used as temporary bunkers, according to some picked records. The (laughs) humble chimera takes second slot for the same reason. That's a good choice, actually, with the rhino. It does get overlooked because obviously Mm. there's often very cooler things you could have instead. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, now it's my turn to say you jumped the gun and skipped one from my point of view. Oh. Uh, office, oh, okay. <laughs> office painter at office painter just says wave serpent, uh, sparking a, a harrowing discussion and argument, uh, up and down between <laughs> himself and Licky Cheese. Um, <laughs> yep. Oh, God, I oh, know. I Even accidentally Adrian clicked off the tweet. As well. <laughs> I clicked off the tweet. No, hold on. I've got to scroll so far down. Oh, God. Okay, I'm uh. back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, right. yeah, keep uh, us going, keep us going. Is... <laughs> right, I'm trying to work out. Uh, Warsammer 40k at Sammer 40k. I have no uh, idea Furioso... that is. Oh my god, you're so um, far down for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep going, uh, keep Furioso going. Furioso Dreadnought all mm. day long. It was on the cover of my first ever White Dwarf magazine and I've loved it since. Finally, after 20 nice. years later, I bought it from Warhammer World. Hell. Still unpainted though, LOL. Yes. Actually, I saw that on, um, on Twitter, mm. actually, because I think we follow him, and he he sort of showed, I remember seeing that in the last month or so because mm. he was so chuffed to obviously finally get it yeah. after twenty years, yeah. which, which is <laughs> I know that feels. There's nothing worse than when you're a kid and you couldn't afford that one thing, and obviously it's still around, mm-hmm. obviously probably in a newer version, and now yeah. finally with disposable income you can get it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, next, at least according to me, is a uh, Gildan hashtag Grotlovestone uh, at mm-hmm. Mousebait but spelt with all numbers and stuff, uh, says, Orc Truck, most versatile kit and fun. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, I actually agree with that. I've built a couple of trucks uh, back in 5th edition when my little brother did Orcs, and they are super fun to put together. There's a lot of versatility, you're correct. Uh, you can kind of add or subtract as much vehicle as you want, as long as the basic frame is there, and it still counts. <laughs> yeah, it's true, right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Uh, and next is Younes uh, at Tempestus Ultra. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mastodon Heavy Assault, just because. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's a perfectly good reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, local at Painter underscore Local says Land Raider, because two Laz Cannons and it's super robust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always Solid good. Solid choice. Everyone <laughs> likes Land Raider. 
next is Dave the Sandman at Dave underscore Sandman. Uh, the fully evolved version of the Blade chassis. Uh, the Pandemonium. Oh my God, look at that. <laughs> oh wow. That puts that. the Fortress of Arrogance to shame. I don't even know how to describe that. I'm not going to try. <laughs> No, <laughs> just if you're if you're on our Twitter and you've seen that pit, you've seen this feed, mm. um, this thread, go check out that. Let's, photo. let's retweet awesome. that because that deserves it. There we go. <laughs> yes, yeah, nice. Um, check it out on our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, LJ Jarvis at LJ Jarvis writer says the Predator tank. Got to appreciate the classics. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's taking this long to say Predator, because I think mm. the Predator's <clears throat> always a classic. But Yeah, uh, oh my god. Obviously we're like, a Land Raider is more of a classic. <laughs> we're like two-thirds of the way through. We're so close. <laughs> I, know, we, I know, we're getting there, don't worry. Uh, next, uh, Oda Nobunaga, Witness Church of the Heretical Thought, at Staunch underscore Heretic. Uh, Defilers, their versatility in the Dawn of War series going from artillery to melee unit being a vehicle unit only means the downfall is in need, mm-hmm. it, is it needs repairs. However, I usually bypass by just summoning more or sacrificing a slave or three to repair one faster than summoning. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Cadian Shock at Cadian Shock uh, stays true to form and just says basilisks. Calling the artillery. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm we're in completely completely different places. Yeah, I've yeah. Got loads more in front of that. <laughs> uh, you you just skip down like eight for me. So uh, we'll just keep going yeah, as best we can. That's fine. We'll just keep, we'll keep it going. Right. Uh, next for me is uh, David Burton, fantasy author and game maker at Half Tangible, uh, the Dreadnought. It was ludicrously powerful in uh, Dawn of War, even in death. I still mm-hmm. serve. <clears throat> Excellent. Good oh, choice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from my from my timeline, Slushersaw at Slushersaw says, "I love the Spartan because it's a beast that can soak up firepower, dish it back, then disgorge your troops right into the heart of your enemy." And he's <laughs> yeah. got he's got a picture of a Chaos Spartan, which is the appropriate. But it looks. It looks oh, very amazing. It's as well. so good. <laughs> There's a couple more above that for me. Uh, you got Jameson C. Droosh at uh, Jacob underscore Daroche. Medusas are the shit. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> no, no arguing there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Next for me, at least, is Ever So British at AP Ever So British. Uh, Lehman Ross Punisher, or as I like to call it, the Emperor's Lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh god, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh right, uh, I'm almost caught up with you, but I've got a shoot okay. back one up. Yep, yeah. Uh, Eric Safin at uh Mr. Safin Hold, uh the classic dreadnought. Nothing is as awesome as a robot of death mm-hmm. piloted mm-hmm. by an epic warrior on infinite life support. <laughs> that's a good way of actually looking at it. Yeah, I mean that's fair. <laughs> Okay, Uh, next for me was Shadowhawk at (laughs) Abinavjane87, Land Raider Crusader, beast of a tank, lots of DACA, frustratingly enjoyable to build, tons of fun to play with. Oh, that's, I, I hope, it, I hope that's not the case because I've actually got one ready to build. I've got a crusader, a land raider crusader to put <laughs> my death watch. So well, I, we'll see. Frig- we'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to be frustrating. I want it to be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, next is Alec at boring viewpoint. <laughs> Fave vehicle law wise, drop pod because slam, here I am and thump. 
here are some space marines here to rip and tear. <laughs> I love about these trademarked rip and tear. Um, yeah. Model slash in-game wise, either Death Strikes because Vincent Notley uh, or Wave <laughs> Servant because I'm an elder, um, Eldar craft welder first and foremost. <laughs> and we're back. Da, 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 da. My Uber Eats arrived five minutes early. Everyone, it's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so continuing on. Uh, have we done Alec yet at Boring Viewpoint? Uh, uh, I've just done that one. Okay, good. We're in. We're in. We're in. I think we're back together. Then there we go. Uh, Dark yeah, Hannon at Dark Hannon says, "For me, it's the Basilisk. I just love the design of this old school looking self propelled gun." Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Uh, next is Ken Whitehurst at Weekly Wargamer. Shadow Sword, a beautiful Titan sniper. <laughs> mm, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that. That's mm. a great way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Eric Saffin at Mr. Saffinhold, I believe. No, done that one. Done, done that one. one. Okay. <laughs> Maddie <laughs> at Maddie underscore Wilmot. <laughs> yep. That's cool. fine. Go for that. Uh, Corvus Blackstar, <laughs> it can transport anything. That's not a Primaris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, do you know what? Because obviously I'm on this Deathwatch mm. thing. I, I'm really eyeing up a Corvus Blackstar. The problem, uh, I mean, game-wise, they're, so cool. they're not that efficient, but they're just such a cool... You know, they just mm. drop you know, drop in these covert Marines and yeah. get out. And, oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, love it. <laughs> uh, next is... A, a heart, a hand, some swords <laughs> and a shield. Those are emojis. But he's otherwise known as at John underscore Brunley's. And he says, Orc Weird Boy Tower, because I miss Epic. So do I, John. Mm. I miss Epic too. Yeah. I want it. And I'm making this prediction, in the next couple of years, it is going to come back. Yeah. I'm saying it now. I kind of feel like they might just scale it up slightly and call it expansions to Titanicus, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe yeah, we I suppose see. It, it depends if they forty k because obviously that's mm. technically thirty k. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Like, it's gonna happen. We'll see. I'm, I'm believing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Have we done Craig Fairban? Uh, no. Cool. Craig Fairban at we have this thing. <laughs> Land Raiders <laughs> purely because the epic scale models from Space Marine were so good, and you got loads of them. Epic again. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. See. See. That's it. People are wanting it. Uh. I'm going to jump one above. Yeah, Conrad yeah. Night Socks at RJ Mergen. Uh, Land Raider Proteus, the original, the classic. Mm-hmm. And quite expensive on Forge World from memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, I believe, Scolby. Oh, have we done that? Oh, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Scolby at Shh Ad uh, says, anything orc, really? And uh, replies with the same battle wagon gif from a hobbyist girl, which that's a good gift to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good one. <laughs> uh, next is Nathan Richard. I'm not going to try and pronounce your surname at a underscore simmer form. Uh, got to say aesthetically, the Cron monolith is captivating to me in all its world shattering glory story rise. I find the land Raiders razor's edge, almost AI extremely fascinating. Honorable mentions for both story and aesthetics. <laughs> Garnot, Narnlock, and Squigath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't the Squigath recently come back? Uh, that, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, I believe they brought it back with Forge World recently. On Forge World, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good choices. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. Uh, Fanatic Sacristan. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Fishy Comet says Sidonian Dragoon, which I think that's the Admech Walker, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are cool. One there. Yeah. Uh, those are cool. I've really never seen, I've legitimately never seen one in the flesh. I've seen this, I've seen the box mm. on shelves, but I've not seen a lot of people like use them at all. So more power to you. It's a connoisseur's choice, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. Uh, right, we're down to the last few. Oh. We're getting there. Uh, Vinterskald at circle underscore Ansus, the wave servant, serpent. Uh, I love its actual design a lot more with the type two parts from Forge World and its role while in battle as transport and also a great foe to the enemy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Transport and kill stuff is... yeah. You know, that's why people like the stuff like the Land Raider. It's a great combination. Mm, yeah. Uh, next is Martin Curl, Corrupteran, uh, at Malice Unchained, Manticore and Valkyrie or Vendetta, with the Vulture as a close second. Yeah. Mm. I've heard a lot of good things yeah. about Vultures. I think it's because they can take a lot of Punisher cannons, if I'm not wrong. Yes, I, bl- <laughs> I believe so. And actually, with the Valkyries, there's that... Um, Skyon's uh oh yeah that we were talking about mm. where at the moment it's part of the it's probably out now out as such it's where you know on obviously GW where they band a load of mm. units together and unfortunately you don't give a discount but yeah it's a way of just bundling together there's a Skyon's one that comes with five Valkyries <laughs> if that's what you want <laughs> mm-hmm. if you really want uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, next, uh, penultimate one is Michael Moran at Geist two one eight two. Ordinus Minoris Scatar. What's that? Was that Ordinus? Ordinus Minoris Scatar. Hmm. Because the Omnisire decrees that those grid coordinates need to go away. Isn't I'm not that, familiar with that one. Isn't that one of the big missiles on tank treads from Four Twelve? Probably. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yes. I'm. Uh, you carry on with the next one. Yeah. I'm yeah. To- you look this up. You I'm Google. Go- <laughs> yeah, uh, I and, Google. <laughs> yeah, and uh, our very final one for the evening, Matt Austin, or Austin, I'm not good with American sounding name, sorry, at Matt underscore Austin 86, says, Exorcist Tank, it's so over the top, and it sold me on Sisters as an Army. Yeah, I honestly like the idea of, let's just slap a stained glass window and two super heavy flamers on top of a rhino and call it a day. We don't need predators. <laughs> just drive this around. Dude, dude, here's my flame truck. <laughs> now i'm gonna right. just jive uh, and jazz oh you're done you're there good i was about yeah. to do a live reading of what's in my uber eats package to entertain the masses until <laughs> until you <Yeah>. manage to <laughs> tell me about this uh oh the yeah it's a well it's difficult to say when you when you look it up because when you get the ordin ordinatus ones it's the ones where it's those mm. big cannons on the big uh on the big tank tracks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they got two lots of them. Um, but that actually, that version, I'm not really sure about because there's there's a few ones out there, but they don't look legit. Mm. So that's why I'm mm. <laughs> not sure which one it is. But yes, very cool and very admec as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So, yeah, thank you very much for all those many replies of your yeah. favorite vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed that and again thank you very much for sending them in uh so yeah that's gonna be the end of the show episode mm. 31 wow. hope you've enjoyed it it's been a yeah. good laugh as always it's been very good um <laughs> it has indeed um and you can obviously find us on social media at realm and ruin on twitter mainly uh and talking to twitter where can people find you cameron 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come, come see me bemoan the opposition in our government and support <laughs> the minority party <laughs> to become the opposition because bloody hell. Um, also, uh, D and D pictures and pictures of my cat. Hello, Lizzie. She's nice. right here. The She's classics. not talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all kinds of stuff. Uh, <laughs> how about yourself? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NinjaBadger7. Uh, I know I say it pretty much every episode. I need to do more on there, but oh, there's so much to do on Realm and Ruin, so it's, it's difficult. <laughs> but uh, come have a chat. You know, we don't bite unless you ask us to. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <we've, laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, and as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Ta-ra.